Hello and welcome to the Easy Allies podcast. I'll be your moderator, Brandon Jones. Joining me this week, panelists Michael Damiani. Yo. Ian Hank. Yo. Refreshed. Ah. And my co-moderator watching one racing game delay in 2021 after another, <laughs> Daniel Bloodworth. Hello. Distinguished guests, we are here to talk about some of the biggest headlines in the world of video games. But before we do that, we must first answer for all of the mistakes that we made last week. Bloodworth, begin corrections music, please. Boop. Uh, I feel bad. The protagonist of Sifu practice, practices Pakme Kung Fu, not, quote, a specific type of karate. <laughs> Which I said in a in a startling example of racial insensitivity. I apologize for that. Uh, the developers of Bridge of Spirits called her Kana in several developer videos. So the state of play got it wrong. Suck it, Sony. I'm calling it Kana. I don't care what if, how many times you've called it Kena. Um, Advent Children will definitely be a part of Final Fantasy VII and Crisis. Um, uh, Ever Crisis. Uh, Ever Crisis, sorry. Ever Crisis, yeah. Uh, I don't recall seeing a correction to a correction. Live correction. Thank you, Damiani. What was that being in blood? Neither one of you got that. Um, huh? Uh, I don't recall seeing... I was just wondering how they... If this is just an opinion-based uh, correction, because it's like, it's definitely going to be a part of it? There were a lot There's of... There's the logo at the end, right? A lot of, oh. Yes, I, I missed that logo at the end. There were also a lot of fun clarifications. Apparently there's going to be a like, younger Sephiroth in this, and they're, like the new episodes are going to come out monthly. Lots of fun details came Sephiroth. out pretty much like right when we were recording the podcast. Uh, also confirmed, I hinted that a new character was coming to Fortnite. I literally was like walking the dog after the podcast, and I'm like, ah, oh, I should have just said it because it was announced right after, but... Uh, Ripley and uh, the Xenomorph are now added to... Uh, it's a good week for Aliens fans. Uh, and Diablo 2 had Amazon, Necromancer, Barbarian, Sorceress, and Paladin at launch. Druid and Assassin were added in Lord of Destruction. End corrections music, please. I knew that one. Just specifics, yeah. That wasn't like, yeah. aha, you got it wrong. That was like, let's just make sure we're all on the same page here. Nice. Let's start this off on the right note with some good news, something in video games that we can be proud of, or at least happy about. A silver lining for this last week. From Jeremy C. Hello, fellow allies. We've all been there. Losing 100,000 souls after just missing the run back to our lifeblood. Missing the jump with no lives left and having to start all over again. Getting beat by Deathstroke in an online match of injustice. Yes, the rage quit. Snoop Dogg knows about the rage quit as well. As this past weekend, Snoop D-O-double-G himself rage quit and left the room while streaming Madden on Twitch. The silver lining? The stream stayed on while over 500,000 viewers retreated to some 70s funk and soul over the course of the unhosted stream. For about eight hours, he does not mention. What? Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, all parties must end, and this one did. Se oh, sorry, seven and a half hours later when Snoop Dizzle came back and shut down the stream. I think the stream just stopped, so we presume that it was Snoop, but could have been anybody. Maybe could have been a friend that he called, can you go over to my house, <laughs> break in, shut off my computer? He played for about five minutes and then bailed. <laughs> but, <laughs> that seems like something he would do. I know, it's so perfect. So it's kind of, I don't know, it's like, you know, you kind of want that to, to be the way those streams go. Also, how many viewers did he have, I wonder, during that seven hours? 500k, just... apparently. Oh, shit. Wow. I don't know if that was on average. Maybe, or that was... maybe that's the secret. We've been doing this wrong, man. We just got to stream an empty room. The tension, <laughs> the building tension will... 
I can't put, I don't know if I'm just begging for it, but I can't believe something like that hasn't happened that we haven't just left, gone on vacation or something and just left. Like, <laughs> just left the, the stream, stream going. On. For oh, all I of, think we've definitely had some streams that have just kept going with, yeah, after we, we thought we were done. But it we was like a it was like a splash screen or something, you know. It wasn't like yeah. sure. We should you know, test how long you can leave a stream on with Twitch. Sure. We have an office just sitting there. So we should we, we set should a make world a, record. Oh my gosh. We, we can have a. Oh, let's make a second channel that's just called the stream room, and it just sits yes. there. <laughs> I just want dude. this, dude. Dude. <laughs> it could just be a still image. How would anyone know? You know. How would anyone know? Yeah. No, we put a anyways. clock in there so that you can tell it's oh, real. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah. I like it. Stay tuned, everybody. Stay tuned. <laughs> I am very much beginning this podcast with the announcement of Aliens <coughs> Fire Team coming to Xbox One, Xbox Series X and S, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, and PC sometime this summer. Um, yes, this is a new Aliens game that's just got announced this last week. Um, Ryan McCaffrey from IGN played it for 25 minutes with the CEO and CCO of Cold Iron Studios. And before we get into the game, which, uh, again, I just think is, is it's a fun game. I'll probably play it for a couple hours, you know, with Huber. Uh, we're definitely streaming this thing. This will make a good group stream. Um, yeah. But uh, uh, I'm just a huge Aliens fan. But Blood, you uncovered a, some interesting, an interesting backstory on Cold Iron Studios They've kind of been yeah, the well, I was just wondering, steps. like, what did they make before? And they were formed in 2015. And then I saw this quote from uh, DualShockers that says, History of acquisition. Cold Iron's journey to getting their alien game made and published has been a long one. Since 2018, three years after the studio's creation, they have been passed around to a handful of different owners. After Kabam split in 2018, Fox Next, uh, Fox Next Games took the company. Once Fox was purchased by Disney in the following year, Fox Next Games was then under Disney's management. After the Fox-Disney merger, Disney sold Fox Next Games to mobile game publisher Scopely in 2020, and then Scopely shopped Cold Iron and its Aliens game around until August of last year, when Daybreak Games purchased the company. <laughs> hmm. We yeah. should have scooped it up. We should, I know, they've been yeah, around since, the opportunity. since 2015, but this is the first game that they have ever made. This is... As a big Aliens fan, I think a third, three-player, third-person co-op shooter that does have a story but looks pretty straightforward in terms of, like, your objectives and stuff like that, that just makes sense to me for the Aliens franchise. Uh, Ian, you're nodding your head. Do you agree? Are you excited oh, yeah. for Aliens fighting? Absolutely. Team? I mean, like, that we haven't gotten a decent, like, Aliens-style game yet, really. Uh, I mean, AVP, I love AVP 1 and 2, um, but those are kind of a different sort of thing. But Colonial Marines didn't hmm. turn out okay that great, and Isolation is more, you know, an alien kind of vibe. Mm -hmm. uh, so, like, yeah, this is just perfect. You're going in as, like, Marines with your with your team, and it's a, it's, it's a stand-up bug hunt. It's a... It's going to be the best. <laughs> that's, that's one of the things that's really fascinating about the Alien franchise is that Alien and Aliens are like different genres of film, comic yeah. books, video games. Like they, they, they really those those different branches of the Alien tree went in completely different directions. Well, James, James Willems has a theory about Alien that every one is a different of the first four. They're like good examples of completely different genres. So yeah, one is suspense horror, two is action, three is 
um, I think a th- like a indie thriller, mm. and four is like a, a French Nouveau like <laughs> <Four>. comedy. <laughs> it's like, yeah. So. Four is truly its own thing, uh, and in the vein of your Alien Isolation, aliens are not the only enemies. Um, they're apparently synthetics, which they did not show, but. Uh, there will be other robots have been the bad guy and, and several aliens properties, but there are 20 that, different types of enemies. So uh, this, that Sweet. makes me nervous. Yeah. Like my, I didn't like the, I didn't like the, uh, synthetic life forms <laughs> mm-hmm. in alien isolation. I've heard that Cause before. it's like, you are right. But like it, they're, they're the bad guys sometimes, but they're the bad guys in a psychological way because you're being attacked physically and like, you just have to outlast the the alien right but then you start getting the mental bombardment from ash or you know the your 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 bad boy synthetics and it's just like that's why they're cool because it's the other side of the coin and you have no respite but like if they're just other cannon fodder like (laughs) unless they're all ian home unless they're literally just like you know 40 ian homes just (laughs) they come at you with a rolled up magazine (laughs) (laughs) not again yeah. They're busy rolling it up while they're running it. You know? <laughs> You've got three seconds while he rolls it up. Well, I, I only watched like the first ten minutes of the gameplay, but I, they were talking about spitters and mm-hmm. bursters. And bursters like uh, drop a little bit. They all, all of these things drop acid when they die. There is a melee attack, not 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 advised with aliens in general, video game or or in real life. Um, but uh, bursters specifically are like yellowish and they explode in a lot more acid than others. They have a cold, presumably. Uh, spitters <laughs> are ranged, you know, so they will, like, creep up behind cover and just kind of chuck acid well, at I you, mean, so. That is the thing with the xenomorphs, is they take after whatever they morph out of. You know, that's yeah. the morph part of their name. So, mm. I guess, theoretically, there are infinite varieties of xenomorphs. And I don't recall seeing any of these, but every single time I think about an alien thing, just had to deal with this with Half-Life Alex, the facehuggers, man, are just the worst. Like, oh, the worst. Sure. oh, just I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. If there's like if there are like spiders in a game jumping at me, I would be like, haha, spiders. But like, there's something about facehuggers. They're so messed up. And that would be messed up if they like grappled on to one person and the other person had to come up and like melee or you had to like spam the button to try to get them off. I, I think it's because you're afraid of how sexual you find them. I am turned on by the alien franchise in, in general. Whether yeah. it comes to Sigourney Weaver, obviously, in all of those films, or uh, I mean, Alien 4 is, is hot. You know, it's hot. The- it's a sexy film. It's a sexy film. And not just because it's French. Uh, there are five, speaking of the Marines, there are five classes. Uh, gunner, Demolisher, Technician, Doc, and Recon. Uh, technician That's might interesting not, since uh, it's a three-player. Right. Uh, uh, and I, I don't know if you can like just go all Gunner or if you like have to pick different roles. Technician is the one that made my eyes prick up because I was like, oh, I hope you have turrets. And technicians are the ones mm. that can drop little little smart turrets. Um, that they demoed a little bit in the video. Um, but uh, each class has two abilities that are on a cooldown. Uh, they also have access to different weapons, multiple difficulty options. You can turn friendly fire on and off, which, like, whoa. Huber's going to make us turn that on. I'm going to murder all of you accidentally. Acid flying in one direction, grenades flying in the other direction. Uh, there's a challenge card mechanic in case that's not difficult enough for you, where you can make, like, only headshots do damage and stuff like that. Oh, wow. Um and yeah, uh, Damian, are you an Aliens fan, or are you excited for the inevitable group stream where we would be playing Aliens Fire Team? 
I mean, a fan of the film, uh, not so much the games. I, I, I don't. I think the only game I ever liked was the Aliens arcade game, and then AVP, mm. the arcade game. So there hasn't been anything made in probably the last twenty years that has interested me in, from that franchise. And yeah, I was with. I, I'm with you, Ian, about the the variety of enemy types when they go beyond xenomorphs. It's like stay with the xenomorphs and get creative there, but. You know, let's yeah. let's you know we don't need the synthetic stuff. I, I saw that enough in Alien Isolation was not very, you know, didn't think it worked as well. And like uh, previous games have had, you know, it's not it's not it hasn't only been the the Xenomorph. You know, I don't I remember the Predalien was in Alien vs Predator, which was an alien that was made out of a predator, and like there were various other forms. So it, it's not unprecedented in in the games for sure. And there are like smaller aliens that are more, you know, like they they kind of the dog ones dodge from and jump around, yeah, yeah. yeah. Stuff, so, yeah. Um, uh, or yeah, cow ones, depending on which version you're watching. Yes, Whoa. dark the dark horse run of aliens definitely got extreme. I remember buying a lot of those action figures, like gorilla alien. I was like, Man, yeah, <laughs> if we can only see Goralian. They always they always like combine the names. I love it. <laughs> uh, Bloodworth, I've been seeing a lot of people online that are like, yeah, but Predator Hunting Ground, man. Like, we were they were excited. That sounded like a cool premise. Where's that game now? You know, um, you know what? Uh, obviously, they, they've had more updates. They got Schwarzenegger in that thing. I think this is much more straightforward in terms of, like, what I'm expecting, not only this game to be, but an Aliens game to, you know, to be. Um, but am, do I need to, to take a step back and accept that this will probably go the way that uh, Predator Hunting Ground went? Or... Um. Potentially, but I think, I think it's a lot simpler when you have a straight up co-op thing. It's it's when you have that imbalance that it really like it becomes harder to get a community because of the, you know, like the one side being the predator versus the other side, you know, trying to hunt the predator. It's a lot more. Yeah, I think it's just a lot more taxing to get right and to make exciting than just like, hey, the three of us are going to get together and we're going to shoot these things and we're going to go through these levels and it really then it, it, it largely becomes down to just like how interesting the levels are and how you know good like the weapon and upgrade kind of variety is you know and, and whether it's you know fun to come back to um week after week and the yeah environments are difficult because you want to make it look like aliens so you want to make me go into that environment and be like yeah this is where i'm at with the, all i can see is the flashlight and there's lots of pipes and stuff but at the same time you know, that can be dangerous because, like, it's like, well, I've seen this before. I've seen this aesthetic, you know, like, how do we, where, when do we surprise people? When do we, you know, satisfy them with meeting their expectations in terms of, like, how this should look and sound? Blood, do you know who's doing the music for this? I don't. Austin Wintry. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. No, okay. Known for doing some more kind of laid back, chill, you know, calming. I've definitely meditated to some Austin Wintry music before, but apparently he's a massive Aliens fan. He's very excited. Uh, they mentioned that in the IGN video, and uh, he's going to be putting together the score. So, uh, new story, new, uh, takes place, uh, you know, apparently 23 years, a very specific date after the original Alien trilogy. I love that they say 23 years after the Alien trilogy, and it's like, well, it's four movies, but I guess they're like, eh. Or considering that, that, that crazy last one. Um, and we don't have a specific date, but I'm very excited to check that out. We had a 
PlayStation State of Play that if you weren't a Final Fantasy VII fan was like, all right. I definitely saw some people in the comments of the last podcast that were like, boo. <laughs> I saw a lot of people online that were like uh, uh, frustrated by it. Uh, we had a Nintendo Direct that was like, oh, it was okay. You know, I was a big fan of Mario Golf, but I could see some people, you know, being excited, especially a lot of people <laughs> excited for maybe not predicted games, but games Nintendo themselves announced that they were like, any news could possibly happen. Uh, so there were ups and downs. Both of them were a roller coaster ride. So then we rolled into this Pokemon Direct, and it's like, well, this time last year, they didn't really announce many new exciting things, so are we going to react to it? Eh, well, you know, maybe later in the day we will. And lo and behold, they talk about three games that I will be playing, games that I am excited for, uh, and this was a fairly epic Direct. Shout out to Michael Damiani, uh, who produces and hosts Friend Code, who covered this fairly extensively. Just kind of want to do some pickups from uh, what your opinions are, as long as uh, Ian, the newest Pokemon fan of the group, uh, I am right behind him uh, in terms of how long I have been enjoying Pokemon. Uh, and just want to say shout out to uh, a new Pokemon Snap. Looks great. Not going to be covering that extensively on this podcast, but there's more updates there. Didn't need more footage of that game to sell me on it. You're chucking apples. You're taking photos. Good times. Um, dream. The big, well, I'll tell you what the dream is. The big news that I feel bad looking back. You ever like have reactions and you're like, should I have reacted more? Like should I have <laughs> should I have been surprised? I got I just got to go, react how you react. I got to follow That's my weird. heart, you know? And like yeah. I was I was I was equally astonished and confused looking at Pokemon Legends Arceus, which is basically Pokemon Breath of the Wild. This is the thing you call the Pokemon of the Wild. I think it was your the name of your friend code episode, Damiani. Um, is it safe to say this is like the most anticipated concept? for a potential Pokemon video game. And one that, like, wasn't guaranteed. But then, like, bam, here we go. Yeah. Um, it's something I think people have been asking for for a while. Game Freak um, and their series has been getting kind of consistent criticism despite, you know, record sales. Despite them generally being getting favorable feedback, the criticism they usually get is that we wish you'd do something a little bit more risky with these but what's the incentive to do it when these games sell so well? So I don't think anyone ever expected them to really do something like this. And they're doing it. And they showed it off, which is even more surprising. That they showed it off in the like, current state it's in. And I, I, yeah, it, it is one of the biggest surprises thus far of the year. I was shocked. Uh, a current state it's in. What can you elaborate? What do you mean? <laughs> oh, it does. It looks. It does not look very good uh, tech, on a technical level. Right. Uh, you you see like the the there's not a lot of detail even up close. A lot of the Pokemon animations are like two frames in some cases. It's like hell, hopping yeah. back and forth. Uh, everything. Are you talking yeah. about from the distance? No. Yeah. That, there's one. There's one shot where things like right in front of you, and it's just like moving like this really yeah badly. it kind of has that like level of detail kind of it, issue like i've seen games where that kind of thing will happen you know mm -hmm. it's like you get to like some certain imaginary line and like the enemies will animate weird but yeah i think that's kind of what's going on there it's just it's happening way closer to the camera than it should game yeah the game's not running at a very high frame rate at the moment and even though they show like there's not a lot of things in the world yet like in the open environments yeah. there's like one or it's two grass. yeah it's <laughs> grass it's 
And then even in the, we run through an empty village. There's nothing in the village. Where are the villagers? You know, these are all points brought up by my, my guest on friend code. I was like, oh yeah, I didn't even notice half this stuff. There's a lot kind of missing from this trailer, but there's also a lot to get excited about because conceptually, uh, they keep call they're calling it an action RPG. Yet the glimpse we see in one of the battles, the HUD makes it look like it's turn based. But yet, out in the wild, you're roll dodge. Like, why do you have a roll dodge? Like, why would you need that? It's, <laughs> right. There, there's some. There's sure. a lot of questions still to be left to be answered about this. Um, well, I think one of the other things to me that I just sort of had the impression of in terms of what they did show is it sort of feels like, you know, and I could be wrong, but it just it gave me the impression of everything that's happening, like in this trailer, is happening within a hundred yards of town. <laughs> like they oh, yeah. literally like went right outside the walls and got their footage and like okay there's battles you got your battle fo footage <laughs> Bloodworth Damiani described this as a risk now this is a franchise that seems to make money on just about anything that it does and is copying a format of a one of the most popular Zelda games ever created, the best selling Zelda games ever created that Ubisoft then later copied and also made their own successful game I'm not sure I see the risk here. I think this is like a very smart, straightforward suppose, thing for them to do. Do you I mean, think this the could tank or is, you know, piss people like, off? Or? You know, it's just straight up bad, you know, and it's a little bit more high profile. I mean, but at the same time, like there's plenty of bad Pokemon games that sell fine. Um, so it's... Yeah, Sword and Shield, it, you know. I, I think... I, just kidding. But it's the thing, I, yeah, I think it's just, you know, trying to develop a different yeah, gameplay structure for... You know, what is a very high budget game? You know, I think that's really what it comes down to is it's, it's you know, even though right now it's it's kind of messy looking, it's it's definitely a higher budget than a typical Pokemon game. It's also another, it's very true. Uh, I mean, I, I still think the wrist thing, I'll stand by that, but they're also kind of breaking some norms with this as well in terms of being a little bit like risk within their own context of pokemon like you getting starter pokemon the three starters are from different generations it's like wait what mm -hmm. you yeah. know the game's set in the past it's not right. like a present game and it's like you there won't be any trainers because like pokeballs and kept making a pokedex are a brand new concept in this game so and you're exploring if it's the Sinnoh region and it's like oh we've been here but now it's in the past so there, I think there's going to be some expectations, but also they're showing some of their cards early about this is going to be a little bit different, and it'll be interesting to see how those play out. I think, and I, I still think this is going to be its own. Self, it's obvious it's going to be its own self-contained series, especially if it does well. There'll be another co potential complement to the mainline entries, which will always be like the starting point for a new generation of Pokemon. You'll have these that could go into the past. You have. The remakes, which are still in process with the remakes that we're getting as well, huh, also same region, and uh, you have the Let's Go series, which would be more for like beginners. So they're they're definitely expanding um, what they're doing with Pokemon here. This is just, uh, I think people want to see how ambitious it's gonna be because you're saying it's so easy, Brandon, to, that it's gonna maybe copy Breath of the Wild. I don't like. I want to see if it's even go to. It's gonna go that far. Mm -hmm. Like, what, what, what? How are you gonna do? 
you know, there's no dungeons, or assuming there's no dungeons in this game. Like, what's the incentive to explore in this game? Are yeah. they going to do, like, right, raid right. battles like they did in Sword and Shield in the open right. world? Like, there's so many question marks because it's not one-to-one like Breath of the Wild, other than the environment layout, I guess, is right. basically I, I think it was, I think one of the number one Breath of the Wild things is there is this shot in the trailer that is literally, like, the behind-the-shoulder-length <laughs> shot, like, frame. Like, um, people have compared them online, and they are pretty hilariously similar. Um, yeah, I think, like, the climbing is probably one of the, like, the, the dead Breath of the Wild giveaways, just, like, the stamina meter, like, needing to climb. That was, like, the number one thing that we saw from uh, Immortals, and it was like, okay, <laughs> they're, not, uh, they're, not, they're not disguising this at all. Uh, Ian, speaking of Let's Go, you, you jumped onto that and very much enjoyed it. You had a great time on our Pokemon Snap stream, and you have slowly... Yeah. Um, warmed up to the Pokemon franchise. Does this interest you, being a Breath well, of the Wild it's, fan? It's funny because I've warmed up and then cooled off on Pokemon because... So has every my, Pokemon fan. <laughs> well, <laughs> right. But my... I, I had a weird experience where I, you know, I played a little bit of Go, but whatever, that's a different thing. And then we did our Snap thing and I loved it. And then I played the hell out of Let's Go Eevee and I thought it was charming and really cute and fun, but it had the nostalgia element, even though I didn't play it originally, but like in my mind, I was like, yeah, this is like a cool update of an old thing, and I'm getting to experience this old game, right? And then I, I was all jazzed about Sword and Shield, and I played it for like, I got to like the third gym, and I was just like, yo, th there's like nothing to this. This kind of sucks. <laughs> and so like, I just kind of stopped. And so my experience was tempered by seeing that the franchise has not really evolved or changed that much since the first game. <laughs> like, and I mean, part of that obviously is because I'm playing a modern iteration that was similar to Sword and Shield, you know, in the era that it came out in, but like core gameplay loop wise, they're pretty similar. So yeah, I, I don't know. I, I want to be surprised. I love Breath of the Wild. Um, I w I've, I've watched this trailer, and it doesn't scream Breath of the Wild to me. It just screams running around, and you actually throw the Pokeball this time. And other than that, I'm just like, okay, but what? The like, wooden <laughs> steam-powered Pokeball, please. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> which, but still, which, like, yeah. Just personally, to me, is the most interesting thing. Like, that's that's the difference in a Pokemon game that I really right. want to see, is, the, is that not, you know, it's like... I just imagine like the one, the poor guy in a Pokemon world who's like, I just don't like Pokemon. They're like, look, Derek, get with the program, buddy. <laughs> like, <laughs> you, you're there are twenty people that live in this village. We all like Pokemon. You know, like it'd be, be neat to find people like a tribe somewhere that they're like, Poke what? And we're like these those things that are around. You can catch those. Like we've catch them. Why the hell would you catch they're them? Like, what the, oh, what's the matter with you? Like, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it and and fun that. That they're kind of bringing, you know, uh, Damiani mentioned that uh, we'll get to Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl in just a second, which also take place in the Sinnoh region, which is where Arceus is from. But Rowlet, who is the, the starter leaf Pokemon, is from Sun and Moon. Cyndaquil, the fire, is from Gold and Silver, which I just recently played Silver. And Oshawott uh, is from Black and White. So it is kind of fun, this kind of big umbrella. Like they, they've definitely kind of reached uh, around. It'll be interesting to see what Pokemon are available in the world uh, that it isn't, you know, tr hopefully trying to please multiple fans at once. That if you well, if, if you have people that, that are into just one gen, they're like, oh, you got me, fine. It's funny because like playing the the, the cynical role as as is my want in in this business, but like that means they don't have to come up with new Pokemon. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, sure, yeah, there probably won't be. You know? it's the, 
I think it's obvious that that's one of the goals of Legends is to to capitalize on existing right. and not have to not have to push. This isn't my own thing, but uh, both the uh, the uh, it was, I think it was a uh, Rogers Base brought it up in Friend Code saying that the more recently they've had to churn out multiple generations of Pokemon per platform. And it's a little, it's kind of overwhelming. So this is a workaround to produce an extra game that still capitalizes on existing generations and older without having to advance uh, another generation within a console or handheld life cycle because it is getting harder to make unique new Pokemon. (laughs) Well, and and like, if you look at everything about the, uh, like, age that we exist in right now, it's like capitalizing on nostalgia and what people are and and the familiar you know is a lucrative business kind of across the board yeah so there's no reason they shouldn't do that and keep doing remakes and stuff like they're gonna sell gangbusters somebody on twitter reached out to me after when i was excited about aliens and they were like man i can't believe they keep pumping money into these 80s franchises and it's like there's a tom and jerry movie out right now like there's nothing there's nothing <laughs> people, people, will, yeah, people will try to make money on man. 90s, but. <laughs> nothing's dead ever um but uh possibly a challenge to that i want to f- move on to pokemon brilliant diamond and shining pearl which uh, are not the next game the next game that i would play would be the thing that I always forget the Ruby or Sapphire is the next one. I've now okay. I've now played Red and Blue, and I've played or I played re, uh, Red specifically, and then Silver. So I should move on to that. But it seems like the time to go to Sinnoh in 2021 because we're also getting remasters of both of these games. Uh, these are quotes from their website. The original story has been faithfully reproduced, and the sense of scale to the original's town and roots has been carefully preserved. These remakes include easy-to-understand, player-friendly conveniences of the modern Pokemon series, plus up-close-and-personal Pokemon battle scenes. Uh, it was interesting, we were talking about different franchises, Damiani. You mentioned Let's Go. Like, well, we're still going to get more of those. Why isn't this Let's Go? What's the next Let's Go game we're going to make? Uh, well, I mean... If you're talking about alluding to the the visual style of this game, is why why hasn't this followed the the pattern of the more recent remakes where they're kind of made in the same engine as like the current gen game? Which would, you'd ask why wasn't this made with like maybe Sword and Shields and you know engine or at least something more recent? Uh, I mean, it does have a new developer, by the way. It's it's not being developed by Game Freak, probably because right. Game Freak is tapped yeah. out. It's a ILCA, I believe, is the developer yeah. of it. Um, they have done a lot of support work for a lot of like Japanese games in the past, but this is kind of like their highest profile game. Um, so also, it looks like the to me, I'm a I'm I like the visual style. It makes it look like mm. a, a, a just an enhanced version of the original game, kind of like how. Ever Crisis of Final Fantasy VII was all I ever wanted Final Fantasy VII to look like in a remake. It's just, I just redraw everything, make it look nicer. It doesn't have to be like huh. full blown remake. And I, I like the chibi models. I, it, it makes me feel like I'm looking at the same old game, just updated. But I do understand why some people are disappointed. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm not sure how you feel about like the visual style or if that's what you're getting. I at. D- no, I dig it. I just don't. To me, it looks like Let's Go's done. That was it. They made Let's Go over red and red and blue, and then they're done. Like, well, they... I mean, the next Let's Go would be gold and silver, though. Okay. 
So if they're if you follow like the order and but like the the me's of the world don't know that like I don't know the order these bastards came out <laughs> yeah like they're they're doing so they're doing some they're just a bunch of colors yeah I think they have some flexibility they don't have to be so formulaic I mean I'd hope they could break that but I mean if you want to go by formulas yeah gold silver would be the next you know and it would be like what the third remake after heart gold soul silver but this also with uh uh shining pearl and uh, brilliant. Is it it's shining pearl, brilliant diamond, or shining yeah. diamond? Yes, shining, yeah. brilliant diamond, yeah, brilliant shining diamond, pearl, brilliant and shining pearl. Brilliant diamond, pearl, yeah. shining pearl. Uh, another interesting thing is that the trailer clearly shows that there's actually Pokemon Platinum content in this, which is the the third mm. one that usually followed every entry. There would always be two entries, and then there'd be a third one, and then they're working this in here, which I guess the previous remakes haven't really done something <laughs> like that. So they they are doing something slightly mm-hmm. new with this as well. And this is in line with, from, you know, my limited understanding of the series of, of remasters they have done in the past of old games. So it's it's crazy that there's been so many Pokemon games that we've already gone past remasters of older games that we now have to remaster again because they're coming out later. Um, it's, you know, it's, <laughs> Pokemon's fascinating. There's a dichotomy to Pokemon because, yes, this is not a gaming franchise that has evolved very much, but in this Pokemon Direct, they showed all of the crazy gizmos and gimmicks and weird stuff that they've done over the years, and so it's like this franchise that won't evolve and yet does billions of things no franchise does or even bothers right. to do. You know, there's always some weird little Tamagotchi something, like, you can, well, you know, and, tracks and your like- steps or some flashlight you put on or something like <laughs> that. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like, sure. if you hit as hard as Pokemon hit, pretty much right out the gate, like, don't upset the apple cart, you know? Like, just do your thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny the reactions to the visuals, because like, <laughs> especially once I saw, like, a side-by-side mm-hmm. of, of the you know original game versus the new game, I'm like, oh, yeah. You know, like, I totally get what they're going for with this. This looks great. Like, I, you know, I, I don't... I don't know. I don't have any real arguments. Oh, I think with it's great. It. Yeah, it's, yeah. No, it just it feels like they're going. You know, they're not reimagining the game. They're just, you know, basically rebuilding it in in a three D you know engine, and 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 it's still going to have the same perspective. You're going to do most of the same things. There'll be some quality of life tre- tweaks, but you're essentially going to be playing the you know the game as it existed. Because I want to have a little bit of sense of what the old game was like, you know, like, you know, going in through areas and encounters and like, oh, okay, I, you know, I can see how this was improved and kind of get a sense of, of what it was like on the DS, I believe. um, Yeah. Was what this this came out. This is, I was, I said, Franco, this is where I jumped into the Pokemon series. This is the first Pokemon game I played through. And I played through it for review for game trailers. So uh, I'm like looking forward to just playing this one to be like my first Pokemon I played when it was relevant and seeing you know oh i get to feel some nostalgia now because i i, I didn't play the the pre- gens one through three till after i played the diamond and mm. pearl actually well and that's that's what's nice about about these remakes as someone who didn't play them at all um because i get to feel as though like now i can say like oh yeah i've experienced i've experienced it in a way that feels like it might have felt at the time so, like, I feel that way about Link's Awakening, right? Like, I feel like I had a similar enough experience playing the new one as if I played it back in the day. Yeah. Because it's modernized, you know? And that, that there's something to that. I, I like that. I, I feel like I'm part of the club, you know? And, of course, uh, just like the Sith, there's always two Pokemon games. Um, <laughs> so we're getting, the you know, the, the brilliant 
to the diamond and the shining to the pearl, but only one Arceus. What's what's the what's the the call there? Do you think Damiani? The, I mean, they're Arceus, throwing money away. Why well, can't no. they? Well, because <laughs> Arceus. So I, I did brush up my lore on this because I was reminded about it on friend code. Uh, Arceus is kind of like a god Pokemon, and he created the legendaries who are represented for each game, which are ah. Dialga and Palkia. Unless you're thinking of those two, because you'll get, wow. assuming it stays true to the old game, those will each be special to their individual game. Uh, it should be Dialga with Diamond and, and, and Palkia with Pearl. And then uh, Arceus letters. is just like the, the head honcho dude. But even like That's Let's why. Go, they still were like, gotta have two. I just thought it was interesting that, uh, and I didn't notice that right away yeah. when, Arce- when Legends was announced. I was like, whoa, it's a standalone <laughs> Pokemon game. That's because they're like, two open world style games might be a little much for people. <laughs> we gotta draw the line somewhere. Uh, well, Anna, it seems, it seems to me like, you know, just looking at the trailer and the name Legends, like, it, it's a spinoff, like, more... It's like Monster Hunter Stories or something. Right. You know, it's more like a... Mm-hmm. Here, we're telling you comparison. a story from the past kind of a thing. Yeah. I'm just curious how, if any, multiplayer is going to work in uh, in Legends. Because it's been, like, a staple of uh, every single Pokemon game since they've had Did they say Wi-Fi. there was going to be? No. Hmm. They haven't said anything about I, it. I assumed there wasn't going to be. I, I assumed it's just, like, a narrative open world in the past sort of deal. I think, I, mean, the, I think the logical conclusion, if there's going to be anything, is they'll emulate Sword and Shield's uh, wild environments, the the raid uh. battles, like the Dynamax, like, Gigantamax stuff. So you might yeah, just get like an instance. So there's not trainers, right? So yeah. There's probably not PCs. <laughs> yeah, that was Dude, the thing. They came up with a friend and go, it's like, how how are they going right. to handle when you get six Pokemon and you catch that seventh one? Is yeah. it going to be like a roaming NPC with like a caravan? It's like, just whistle for me and I'll like show up. and like Some flying it. Pokemon that just comes or, in and grabs it yeah. and carries it off. Are they going to be like a, a mail system? Yeah, like how's that Yeah, carrier pigeons. <laughs> well, you'll probably be just like carrying them all around and then at, at a certain point in the story you'll just be like man these things are getting heavy like i could probably handle can, like six of these you could become encumbered <laughs> yeah you become encumbered with, we've got pokemon encumbrance and you're like I, I could carry like maybe six of these things uh, but ian are you going to be purchasing three different pokemon games in the next 12 months um I shall be purchasing Pokemon Snap. Yeah. And yeah. no others. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Probably. All I right. mean, unless unless these come out and are like, people are really if they're well received, then I'll probably check them out. But like, I I'm I'm okay right now. I think on uh, on the mainline Pokemon stuff. I love Snap though, so I'm looking forward to that. Snap will definitely be its own special thing and something we haven't really talked about extensively because man, that game sells itself. If you're not into that concept, don't play it. That's not, it's not going to surprise Pokemon you. for three and a half hours and have a great time doing it. But if you, man, I haven't been to Disneyland in like a year almost, and I'm yeah. ready for a theme park ride game. Let's do it. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Just. It is. It's basically a dark ride, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm excited. This is borderline game stuff. You know Microsoft, right? They make games. They also make other stuff. Uh, remember that HoloLens thing that they oh, pitched? Right. That was <laughs> initially... The game we're supposed to be playing Minecraft in that. Minecraft. I haven't. Have you? Have any of you played Minecraft at Hololens? That was something we were promised. Is Hololens a thing that you could buy? No. Kinda. It's 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 strange. It's one of those things that people have. People are using Hololens is officially upgraded to the Hololens Two. 
Um, oh. But it's not like okay. the Quest. You can't just go to Amazon, get a HoloLens. Like, um, you do have to... Uh, <laughs> I love in one in one thing that they pitched a game, but said not intended for consumer use in their demo video from this last event. It's like, oh, thanks, great. I, mean, I won't get We're excited about what I'm looking at this. then. Yeah. Um, uh, Microsoft just recently had an event called Microsoft Ignite 2021, and they introduced Microsoft Mesh. Um, so Mesh is not specifically a Hololens thing, uh, but Hololens was very extensively shown off, and they have a new. Uh, HoloLens device, the HoloLens 2, that they loved to show off in this. Um, uh, and Mesh is built on Azure, which is Microsoft's cloud computing platform. And mm-hmm. the the short pitch on this is this will allow people on the HoloLens 2, Oculus, mobile, tablets, and PC to all virtually connect. And so one thing that is happening a oh, lot... Oh, okay. So the headset is still the, the HoloLens. HoloLens. Right. Yeah. But the right. technology bringing them together is Mesh. Yes. And Mesh reportedly put all of this event together. So this is Microsoft Ignite brought to you by Mesh. And what a perfect time to introduce a technology that can bring people together who are not allowed to be together than in 2021. Specifically the beginning of 2021, where many of us are still unvaccinated and are still very eagerly looking forward to touching each other again. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, and it was <laughs> I just want to set the scene for you because I was cracking up watching this thing so this guy starts out uh, this is um, uh, Alex Kipman the Microsoft technical fellow in charge of uh, HoloLens and in charge of uh, Microsoft Mesh shows up on stage and this just huge aquarium you know gets built in around him and so there's all these digital elements but he's kind of presented Mortal Kombat style where he's like you know the the the, the 2D you know image of an actual person uh, and then you have the crowd, which are all avatars. So these are all like me looking people that have the, the Rayman hands because you don't want to do arms with elbows in VR because it looks really weird. So you want to have the hands separated. And they're all just kind of like standing there in the crowd. And this is something that is fairly I'm seeing actually a lot of people uh, in the industry, in entertainment and, and in business that do VR meetings that will have VR presentations. So you will be represented in a space. If you are doing a presentation, you will be up on stage. You will see various cartoon faces staring at you or you will be in the crowd and you'll have to pick apparently you can watch like NBA games now in VR and you can like hear people in the crowd um, so not necessarily something that has, has crossed over into gaming certainly I have not been to a video game press conference in VR which I would love to do <laughs> but not only do you have these weirdos in the crowd but they have a kind of Instagram like smiley heart button thing where you can just like spam hearts and then like hearts will come up out of their head oh, while yeah, they're yeah. watching this thing. I've seen that this in is other like, video services uh, for sure. That's like, uh, I think something like that happens in like 15 million merits that like episode two of Black Mirror. Like ah, Mirror. yes. <laughs> but the best part is, is it makes a little whenever they do it. And so the guy, it's like, I want to turn that one off, Microsoft, because like later on the demo, he's like, please, let's bring out the CEO of Niantic to talk about the stuff that's bringing to Pokemon Go. And he's like, now at Pokemon Go, and the entire time, just... <laughs> it's like, can we please just turn off? Like, I'm sure maybe if I'm there, I would be interested in that. But listening after the you, fact, you know what I couldn't stop thinking about is because the the HoloLens two or whatever has like a, a like a pack at the back of your head, right? So it's like the little visor and then the thing. You know Lobot? I just looked up his name. Lobot mm-hmm. from Star Wars? Mm-hmm. It looks like that, except on the back. But it's like that. he's got those little ear boxes. 
I, I was just thinking of that the whole time. Like, we're all going to look like Lobot wearing these damn hollow lenses. Empire Strikes Back, Cloud City. He works for Lando. Yep. He's Lando's. a guy that when Lando's in trouble, he hits the button and he, like, is in sleep mode or something. I'm not sure. He's, yeah. like, in this room by himself, like, meditating. And it's like, Lando's calling me. He's, like, Lando's fixer. I was always, like, disturbed by the implications of Lobot as a kid. I was like, is that a person that's become Uh-oh. a robot? Like, did they robotize him? And yeah. for fans at home, yes, I have unlocked him in Galaxy of Heroes. I haven't leveled him up that much, Good. but he's, he's in uh. there. Yeah, that's <laughs> no, funny. No Gungans yet, but they got low. I was gonna say he's in there and Jar Jar's yep. not in yep. there. What the hell? That is yep. hilarious. You do not go to the Gungan home world. You do not go to like just recon. They're out. Um, woof. Woof. Rumors that Jar Jar will potentially be in the uh, um, Obi Wan series, but not in one of the most lucrative Star Wars games ever created. Uh, <laughs> So Mesh, I, I want to talk about it because they talked about a lot of things. They didn't talk about like games barely at all. They talked about Pokemon Go. They brought um, John Hankey, the CEO of Niantic, out uh, to, to talk about this stuff. He came out just in a little avatar and then was like, hey, I'm here on this nice garden area and then we're going to play some Pokemon Go, but not really. And this is where it literally said, a proof of concept Pokemon Go demo, not intended for consumer use. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> cool. Um so we were just talking about Pokemon. Damiani, do you want to play a Pokemon battle in AR with a HoloLens? How much would you pay for that? I mean, I think I'd be... I haven't tried AR, like like for a, a HoloLens or something like that. I think I'd be more receptive to that than, than VR. Just because VR is like full immersion in like a false reality where, mm-hmm. you know, triggers my one, my motion sickness, but also like my brain doesn't like, like that. In reality, like when we did like the 3DS stuff, I remember like doing the cards and stuff. I mean, that was like yeah. simple. That was pretty cool. I like that. You know, it was just a gimmick. But I watched the mesh trailer while you're going over it, and I obviously saw that's like CGBS. But it, I, I think something like that might actually be cool if you could just like through your lens, you see like a, a augmented reality, like an AR Charizard just next to you, and it's like, oh, that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Charizard's next to me. Charizard, go and you watch him fight. It's like that's. I mean, as a kid, that'd be freaking amazing. You'd be like, oh, heck yes. Like, let's go. I'd wear that thing all the time and have, like, Pokemon following me and stuff. It'd be, like, the coolest thing ever. Um, What's funny about this, Brandon, is I didn't think about it until just this moment when Damiani was mentioning it. I I just did a a quest in Cyberpunk last night, which is pretty much that. Like, you play this game with these kids, and, like, you all put your headsets on, and you just, like, run around the neighborhood, but these bad guys pop up, and, like, you you shoot them with your (laughs) Nerf gun. (laughs) <laughs> because that's that's the big twist is that we've seen AR we've used AR PlayStation 3 had AR you know it's like that's not a new thing you know to the entertainment industry and certainly to video games the big thing is you see that too so it's not only Damiani that you have a giant Charizard and clearly I would be the one with the giant Charizard I mean let's just like you know yeah. let's just call a spade a spade but like that I see that as well that I see you you are also yeah. in my living room um, and so that is the exciting thing uh, and also, Ian, you know, you know, I have a, a fair bit of a, of a theater background. Mike, uh, Daniel Bloodworth, you produce several uh, live um, uh, performances. You, you are no stranger to lighting grids and and uh, uh, large theaters and whatnot. Uh, the co-founder of Cirque du Soleil, Guy Laberté, uh, is going to be using HoloLens for a project called Hanai World. And I love when there's this cross between genius and pretentiousness. Whenever somebody, a creative person, is like, well, yes... I had this idea 20 years ago. I've just been waiting for technology to catch up. Right. You're like, oh, mm-hmm. all right, okay, great. <laughs> You're real smart. 
you want to do things like um, well Cirque du Soleil does do VR stuff too they have a lot of like theater in the round kind of uh, 360 experiences that you can do in VR I mean they're, they're videos but they're 360 like immersive videos and Alex Kippen said uh, showing off a little bit that he did have a 200 person HoloLens like presentation like they invited 200 people to come in I'm assuming this wow. before the pandemic happened where they were all in a theater and they all saw something happen you know simultaneously I think it was the the Baltimore Ravens that had like a giant raven come into a stadium at one point and, and like people at home were like what 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 am I looking at? And it's like you, if you're in the theater and you're in, and you see the thing, but like most people are like, are like actually at the stadium, Man. just hear like God or like what? <laughs> you know, yeah, so possibilities of this are so cool. So you're talking about convention stuff. I mean, imagine if you just had one at home or in the convention center. It's like we're unveiling the PlayStation Six, and like they can put in your oh, hand yeah. like an augmented reality controller. Like this is what's mm-hmm. gonna look like. Here are the like you, you, that. Oh man, that would be so it's a banana. So that's a banana. <laughs> that's kind of my that's kind of my main question. Is like, is this cool from a gaming standpoint? Like from a theater standpoint, I oh my god, sky's the limit. That'd be amazing, yeah. and especially for theater people to be like, oh man, I can finally do. There's this this show I've wanted to do in this way, or like we don't have to build sets now. Yes, you know, like there's there's a lot of fun implications, but specifically well, from I a mean, gaming perspective, is this just like centuries away, or is this something that we? I mean, we just had the Mario Kart thing about. last year that. Ian played yeah. with it's yeah. a, you know kind of a similar thing you don't put it on your head but it's it shows how that can work you know and and that like okay you can walk around an area and then the program can figure out like what your quote unquote arena is if it's your backyard or something and that's then the, put things in it yeah that's the missing piece that hasn't been ready until now i think is that the ar like spatial tracking is actually good enough now for this to work well um, it's been around for a few years, but it's always been a little squirrely, and now now it's really starting to feel more solid. And apparently, it's cheap enough. If they, yeah, like the Mario Kart thing is a great example, and phones can do it. You know, I mean, phones are more expensive than that Mario Kart thing, but yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, uh, developers would just need to probably start crafting some games around it, because yeah, it, it just open up probably like new possibilities where only way I could see maybe existing style of games is maybe like a strategy game. Like, you know, everyone could like see like the board, like you could do like a virtual representation. Like we all play in a room and it's here, right. here's the board game, you know, or here's the, the, the map, the terrain, or if you're playing a card game, you know, now you can play and we have their virtual cards and everyone can see them together, which would be nice. So, well, you, you can have real cards, but the cards do stuff. So yeah, I mean, sorry, like, I meant like, yeah, like the special yeah. effects. I have judgment. Playing Magic the yeah. Gathering. Yeah, it's like I have judgment. Sorry, yeah. the, 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 the problem with this to me is I think like, you know, VR has more of an install base now than it ever has, but you know, it's certainly not ubiquitous. And with this tech, I, I see fewer people wanting to buy in just for gaming for something that you see through and see your regular, you know, room and stuff. Like tabletop gaming is a great example of this. But until we have, like, instead of wearing smartwatches, we're wearing smart glasses like Google tried to do with Google Glass, except they looked stupid. Like, if, if my glasses could just show me, like, GPS and my calendar and the time and, and stuff and linked to my phone or whatever, like, when that can AR and they're no heavier than this, you know, yeah. then it'll be... I mean, this that's what's going to happen. Like, we're all going to have it eventually. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. Practicality of like you know it feeling natural to use, but I mean this I think more than VR ever will has more practical applications I think. Yeah. That, uh, like that are easier to like communicate to someone that's not like it's not a game or it's not a tour it, it's this can enhance a lot of things like i mean these might even be allowed to be used while you're driving to like you know you can now see lanes or if you don't even like your you're not your glasses but like your windshield can start displaying like augment uh, ar stuff about things out there like here's a virtual We've speed limit that, yeah well some cars do but it's like you know it's not for everyone yet it's still out like the right. price range is still out for right. that but that's the thing it's going to be used in more practical things so that technology is going to be more widely adopted so i could see something like this where now like let's get a little bit more immersive like if you actually have like the glasses version you can now do like something more immersive like a, a game uh, a crafted game experience that requires a little bit more i think that will be easier to overcome the the hurdle of that than say vr mm-hmm. well and like I think another element to it that that will be very important that anyone who has a smart home will will already know and feel the irritation of this is like every dang light bulb company has their own little partner app that you have to hook up to your smart device or your hub to get it to work you know like I've got like four different ones in my room you know and it's like the the idea of a mesh kind of a thing where everything kind of talks to each other um, regardless of brand and stuff, yeah. except for PlayStation, will except for the PlayStation, right? Um, they specifically said Oculus, I mean, and they they left it at that, <laughs> right? But I mean, like that kind of stuff is exciting to me too, because obviously I think that'll eventually start to happen, hopefully, um, where things can kind of just communicate with each other, and like everybody is still getting their piece of the pie, whatever. But you don't have to jump through all these hoops, like the. The experience for the end user should be really great. Like, if you do have your smart glasses, they're tethered to your phone. When you get into your car, it puts it on the windshield, but it's the same. Like, they're just talking to each other and handshaking. And, you know, your car's a Mercedes, your phone's a Samsung, your glasses are by Google, you know, your watch is by whoever. And it's just, like, everything just talks. That, that'll that be sick. That's yeah. the future. Well, they, future. they just announced uh, Alexa support for Xbox this week, too. Oh, cool. So you can, you know, turn your Xbox on and do all these other functions by talking to your Alexa. Some of it gets, like, really kind of convoluted to where it's like, man, this is more than I need to say. Like, you should just push a button. But it's like, right. Alexa, tell Xbox to do this. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> like, okay. careful, Blood. Whoa. Apologies to users. Blood just did, like, that's six different things. Biggest podcast no-no. Oh, no. Yeah, that's why I said smart device. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Um, but it, I, I wonder if they brought this up because of the pandemic. I don't know if 2021 was like the year that they were like, finally, let's make a big deal about mesh. Or if they were like, everyone is starving for connection. Let's play on that. Because again, they, they didn't even show us what the heck Pokemon could do with the HoloLens. Uh, the co-founder of Cirque du Soleil was like, yeah, this will help me with this Hanai world thing. Uh, we'll see how it goes. I'm not, this isn't coming out this year or next year. I'm like in the very early stages of developing this thing. Um, and this is just crazy. Like James Cameron's got a HoloLens, but not you know it's not really on a <laughs> uh, on a consumer level for the rest of us. Um, do you think this is not ready for prime time? But they were like, this is just the year to talk about this because um, we're gonna have to get well, together that's... virtually anyway. So we might as well be like, yeah, but we're doing Zoom differently. It's not Zoom. It's Mesh. We're like, looks like well, Zoom to me. I, was... I don't know. <laughs> that's what I was gonna ask you. Is like because I saw that trailer. 
but I didn't know if there was a longer presentation that I missed out on. But they didn't say yeah. like any tangible yeah. information. And the trailer about was this faked. Thing. I mean, all of that was CG. Oh, yeah. You know, right. Yeah. Like, can, like, can I move this house over? Like, yeah, you can touch it. Go for it. I'm like, cool. I'm gonna move right. this kitchen over here. Yeah, it's yours. Do it. Yeah. But it's like, I saw that and I was like, oh, this looks neat. But mm-hmm. can I buy those glasses? Can I what? Yeah. Give me a. What is it? And there isn't any of that, right? We don't have any information. That's like should be the top of their FAQ. It's like this looks neat. Can I buy it? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is not for not you're not you're not cool enough. We're very thrilled for your interest. We'll be currently reaching out in the yeah. near future with more information. But I'll tell you Sign who up can. below to hear news. Yeah, Speaking newsletter. of James Cameron and his nautical exploration, the Ocean Explorer, a research vessel of the company Ocean X. Uh, is going to start using HoloLens stations on board. So even though us at Easy Allies and most likely you, you know, in your car or at home we listening to this podcast, uh, there will be people out there on a ship exploring the world that will be like, enhance. They'll be like, yes, this whale over here. I want to see that thing zoom in on the whale's genitals. Jones, Thank you. But Jones, do they have a little antenna on the HoloLens so they can pipe in a little music while they're while they're diving? I don't think so. What is that? Is that a Batman reference? What is that? What is it? Uh, Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. Oh, nice. <laughs> and he, he turns it on and then he starts doing a little dance. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes. It's like a pipe um, and a little music. Also nice. Yeah, and, and Abyss has some good music as well. There's the, the cowboy gal who likes to listen to her cowboy music. Hmm. <laughs> James Cameron. He makes some good movies. When he makes movies. Uh, yeah. Also, you know, because I feel like bringing it up... Uh, PlayStation is not doing this. This is definitely set. This is no more. Uh, never has it been more clear that Microsoft is not going to do anything with VR. Uh, they are definitely taking the AR route. And it was interesting right after this happened. PlayStation was like, and here's all these games. Uh, Doom 3 is coming to VR. Song in the Smoke was announced, which is a survival VR game, which sounds kind of fun. That one looked interesting. You can actually yeah. do the flint in VR. That one's on Quest and stuff as well, I think. Uh, Fract. Uh, which was described as if Paul Verhoeven made a shooter, which is like, oof, it's old. Um, I Expect You to Die too. The Spy and the Liar, which uh, if you have played Ex- I Expect You to Die, then you know what that is. The that Splier? Is the Splier. Uh, Zenith, an MMOJRPG in VR. That sounds intense. Anime in VR. Uh, and After the Fall, which we just like <laughs> talked about last week, if not the week before that, uh, got another trailer. Got some more. Has society gone too far? We'll see. Anime in virtual reality. And now, a word from our sponsors. We all shop online. And we've all seen that promo code field taunt us at checkout. But thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. Honey is the free browser extension that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to fit your cart. Honey supports over 30,000 stores online. They range from sites that have tech and gaming products to popular fashion brands and even food delivery. Here's how it works. Imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite sites. When you check out, the Honey button drops down and all you have to do is click apply coupons. Wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons it can find for that site. If Honey finds a working coupon, you'll watch the price drop. Uh, what's great about this is it doesn't, there's not like an extra page that you gotta go through. It's literally just like one little thing that's added to the side. Uh, and I got a gift card for my folks for my birthday, thank you very much, that I put off forever in, in buying, and I finally bought something that is so nerdy and wonderful. Ian, I think more than anyone else in this panel, you appreciate this. I got a four by three thing that houses, each thing houses 800 cards. 
Uh, and so it's like a, it's like the Dewey Decimal System for all my Magic the Gathering cards. So like I got one that's just like <laughs> oh, blue wow. and red, one that's just like you know uh, shadow and, and light, and one that's all like the, the multicolored, and one that's just artifacts, and one that's just land. Uh, haven't labeled it yet, so I still have to. Because <laughs> right now I'm like, what the hell is in this one? Um, but, four uh, feet by three feet. What was four by three? Me- meaning, you know, there's like these classic cardboard thing you put cards yeah. in. It's four by three of yeah. those. So it's, oh, uh, okay. so it's, um, you know, twelve slots that you just pull these things out. Yeah, yeah. Put yeah. cards in and slide them back in. Uh, honey, help me save four dollars on that one when I ordered that. Thank you so much, honey. Um, but uh, I, yeah, I've been putting that off for a long time, and I was thinking of just buying those things individually. But when then I saw this like library of, of uh, the storage unit, and it was funny. It came with no instructions. I had to, I had to go to YouTube to find out how to build this thing. I like pulled all the pieces out. I was like, cool. Um, and you plus, it brings, it brings people together because my girlfriend has honey installed. And instead of installing it myself, I just text her and say, hey, does the honey have a promo code for this? <laughs> and then she's always like, just do it yourself. And then I always forget. <laughs> Don't but be like it. Ian. It's free. Yeah. It's extremely easy to <laughs> install. It takes seconds. Um, so thank you very much uh, to Honey for helping me save a little bit on that wonderful thing that honestly has brought me so much happiness. I'm a big fan of, like, knowing what I have. It's so easy for us to just, like, put crap into, like, a, you know, like, old... S video cables that we're never gonna use again. Like, yeah, maybe. And, like, put it away. It's nice to know. I've looked at every single Magic the Gathering card that I owned, and it made me extremely happy. Thank you, honey, for helping me save money on that one. Honey has found it's over 17 million members. It'll be 17 million and one when Ian finally decides to install it. Over two billion dollars in savings. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out on free savings. It's literally free and installs in a few seconds. And by getting it, you're doing yourself a solid and even better supporting this podcast get honey for free at joinhoney.com slash allies that's joinhoney.com slash allies i'm gonna do it right now yes i'm gonna sign up right now yeah. <laughs> i'm adding it to chrome as we speak somewhere out there in the world there is an office an empty office a bumble a bumblebee got its wings a bumblebee got its wings. there's a there's an office where the easy allies used to gather and we will sometime and hopefully in the near future and in that office, there is a room with desks. And on one of those desks is the Pro X Superlight wireless gaming mouse from Logitech that one of these days, Daniel Bloodworth will go and pick up. I have tried it. I checked it out. I enjoyed it a lot. I was sad when I found out that Bloodworth wanted that mouse. It was going to take it. Uh, <laughs> I just on Slack. Did we get anything from Logitech? And I was like, oh, yeah, I got a sweet mouse. But <laughs> it's like low tier. Um, I just wants a new mouse. This mouse is extremely light. This mouse is awesome because it charges and you don't have to use any batteries or anything like I do for my... Shout out to Logitech. I also got this Logitech mouse here, but it does use just one AA battery that does, you know, last a while. But um, it's super. you can plug it in via USB or you can just charge that sucker. Um, and we're talking about another mouse. You don't have to show off your mouse. What are you doing, Ian? I got... Oh, and you got the cam. Okay, cool. Yeah, look at that. And the headphones. Logitech, we love you. (laughs) And a Hotas. But specifically, the Logitech G Pro X Superlight Gaming Mouse is designed with the world's leading pros to engineer the world's best competitive gaming mouse. With hyper-minimal redesign. Hey, guess what? I'm zoomed in on me at this point. Nobody sees they this. They can't see my two Nobody mice? See- well, they see it now because I've probably gone to the wide at this point. But I'm going to zoom back in on me, okay? Okay? okay. All right. I'll, 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 <laughs> I'll quit horsing around. With, mi- with hyper-minimal redesign, Pro-X Super Light is our lightest, fastest, 
Pro mouse ever, weighing in at under 63 grams. Almost 25% lighter than standard Pro, those, those silly, heavy standard Pro wireless mice. Zero misses. Logitech G exclusive Hero 25K sensor provides unrivaled precision speed and consistency. Pro X Super Light delivers extreme accuracy and ultra-fine control for complete confidence, especially during the intense split-second moments of tournament play that Bloodworth does all the time. Powered by Lightspeed, Pro X Super Light is their fastest and most reliable Pro mouse yet, and it's available in black and white. For a limited time, Logitech G is offering, offering our listeners express shipping at LogitechG.com. Use code this is a new code different from last week easy allies free ship 37 it's easy allies f-r-e-e-s-h-i-p 37 easy allies free ship 37 one word for express shipping today that's express shipping for all logitech g products with promo code easy allies free ship 37 hurry now since the promo expires in three days so if you do not get this podcast early and you are listening to this do it first get honey then use this promo code <laughs> Visit Logitech.com, LogitechG.com. Use code EasyAlliesFreeShip37 to get free shipping, but hurry because the code expires in three days. Thank you, Logitech. And if you are a patron of Easy Allies, thank you. So last year, we didn't have E3. But we we don't have E3 whole... this year. Sorry to break it to you, everybody. Yeah. Well, we're going to have something, probably. It's called E3. Mm. Um, but we had a whole bunch of other... Uh, people trying to fill in the gaps, do their own expos, and uh, one of those was the New Game Plus Expo, and they just had a second one, uh, uh, just today as we're recording, um, a couple of days ago if you're listening to this. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's essentially just a bunch of uh, smaller, primarily Japanese companies um, that uh, have banded together to show off what they're working on, and so you've got um, NIS in there, and Idea Factory, and Compile Hearts, and Grasshopper, uh, Axis, Arc System Works. Um, so yeah, I, I I I watched through that and took some notes uh, today to see what they we we ended up not reacting to it, uh, but just to see what they announced. And and there's some some interesting vibes throughout. You know, when you have that many different uh, publishers and developers getting together. <laughs> Uh, things are, are more low-key. And then uh, after the main expo, they streamed for like the rest of the day. They had like live streams and stuff. I nice. watched a little bit of that too. Um, the uh, There was a a voice actor for, uh, was it World's End Club? I think it was. Yeah, that's what the game's called. Um, and they had a great interview with her. She was real fun to listen to. She's been in a lot of anime and stuff. Um, but this was her first game, and so they just kind of talked about that experience and compared the differences and all of that kind of thing. Uh, but I'll go through some of the, the highlights. Uh, after the opening montage, it started off uh, with Suda, and we're all waiting to hear more about No More Heroes 3, and it's like, nope! <laughs> it's actually, he was there uh, talking about the Switch version of uh, the Silver Case 2425, which has both of those games being uh, remastered, uh, apparently some new scenarios in there. Um, and he also shared that he beat Super Mario Odyssey, which apparently on the last New Game Plus Expo he said, I'll beat it before the next one. <laughs> and he uh, it held up the case just because that proves it. It's like, oh, right. oh I see. Okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you can't have a case unless you've beaten a game. Yeah. Um, I know uh, Ben is... Uh, 
touted the silver case yeah. a, a don't jump skip, skip on yeah. it a while back. I don't know if anyone else has gotten a chance to play those. Uh, but cool to have them on Switch. Uh, another one that looked interesting to me, they had a game called Exophobia, uh, which is coming out in October. And it looks kind of like if you took Doom and you like put the Game Boy Color, color palette on it. <laughs> okay. Okay. So yes, I I don't know much more about it. It's a first person shooter. It looks like a Game Boy game in 3D. It's pretty neat. Ian, I don't know if you're like me. Any game with phobia in the title, I'm like, go on. <laughs> I'm afraid of a couple of my exes. Sure. <laughs> uh, they showed a little bit of Guilty Gear Strive, which it just got pushed back to June 11th. True. Um, but Eno is in there bashing people with a guitar. It's pretty sweet looking. Um, I didn't get in. I, I didn't check out the beta, so you know this is the first time I've really gotten a good look at that game. Uh, what I was not expecting: Pocky and Rocky Reshrined. Do you remember Pocky and Rocky? They do. That sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah, it's like uh, Super NES uh, kind of. It looks kind of like uh, Commando. Uh, sort in a way that's okay. like you've got top-down characters, two-player, uh, but like you're just shooting lots of stuff out and getting power-ups. But you also have like full freedom of movement and kind of exploration. Uh, but it's a it's like a a girl and then like a Tanuki. So I'm not sure which is which. I'm gonna guess the girl's Pocky and the Tanuki's Rocky. Um, that's coming out in the fall. Um, a Genosha, which came out today, was also in there. That's the one that's like the... It's actually, people were saying the last time they saw Genosha that it's actually like really good. And they're glad it was coming to the West. But essentially, it's like... It's like Among Us, but with a plot. It's like a, the visual novel oh, version I of Among that. Us. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's up? It's out now? Yeah, it's out now on Switch. Oh, cool. Um, and it's, yeah, they even say it's like, it's like a werewolf game on a spaceship. And like, that sounds a lot like them. <laughs> right. <laughs> the roles change. They just keep changing. Like, yeah, that sounds I'm like listening. a us. But it's not, it's not multiplayer. It's more of a narrative focused thing. Hmm. Uh, they show a little bit more of World's End Clubs. It, what's funny is that like some of the games that I would consider bigger, uh, had like less of a presence. Like Samurai Warriors 5 was like in the a montage near the end. It's like, oh, there, it was like. 30 seconds to a minute of Samurai Warriors 5. Like, okay, we're going we're going right past that. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> Pups and Purrs Animal Hospital. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> if you want. That actually sounds pretty sick. <laughs> it's just a cutesy yeah. veterinarian game. Um, uh, Connect Tank was kind of interesting and complicated looking. There's like a whole lot of different things going on. There's... You, it's like a futuristic moving company with tanks, but then you're going around like moving conveyor belts, almost like one of those tube puzzles. Um, hmm. And you're also collecting animal and putting it, not animals, ammo, ammunition, <laughs> and different ammunition and putting those into like things for your tank. And there's just like a whole lot happening at the same time. Uh, Boy, the word connect is just spoiled <laughs> in the game. <laughs> yeah. Whenever you say, put that in the title of a video game, I, I get cautious. Uh, but one of the bigger ones, uh, Disgaea 6, uh, they announced is mm -hmm. coming to the West June 29th. The president of the company announced this in a printy costume. What? I want that, these that vibes. Yeah. I want more of these vibes. I want Jim Ryan yes. to come out in a state of play dressed like Ratchet. Yeah, because you know, they might like wear tattoos or like put a shirt on. It's like great, you wore a shirt with the thing. Great, 
what are you going to put on your head? That's what I want to know. Yeah. Like, are you right. are you so in love with your hair that you can't just wear a silly costume? Come on. Gotta be Yoko Taro. Yep. Yeah. Um, the, they had a line. I said, strategy, strategy RPGs are going to get a serious punch in the throat. <laughs> oh, my God. What? That sounds like something this guy would say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Whoa. And they had a character from the game say it. And then... Like, there was, like, a beat of, like, maybe two seconds, and then they went to, like, the end card. You know, like, how kind of Nintendo Director has the announcer that says things in between. The announcer for the New Game Plus Expo then said the exact same line. Wow. <laughs> they just keep doubling oh. down on that, and, like, trailers and good. press stuff and PR, all the PR emails. We're going to punch you in the throat. <laughs> I remember... Uh, Damiani, one of the Final Fantasy VII ads said, people who still make cartridge games should be given a cigarette and a blindfold. <laughs> it's like, Jeez. Whoa. ouch. <laughs> Jeez. Whoa. Yeah. Yikes. Um, can't say I agree with that. I know, so what's funny about this, this expo is there's so many games where, like, I've heard of this, but I've maybe played it for, like, five minutes, and I don't really know a lot about it, but Azure Striker Gunvolt 3. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you guys have played any of these games, uh, they're like side-scrolling action games, kind of similar to like a Castlevania or Mega Man or something like that. Oh, right, okay, yeah. Uh, KG Unifone is, is making this with Indie Creates, uh, but he specifically pointed out that they hired an additional action director who is Hiroki Miyazawa, who has worked on the Curse of the Moon games. I'm like, oh, okay, so like bumping up like the way this game's gonna, gonna feel. Uh, 2022 for that one, uh, but got an early look at that. I imagine that's somebody I would trust more than Inafune at this point. Right. right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, we got a few other t- uh, things in there. Uh, they had uh, Prinny Presents NIS Classics Volume 1. So I guess NIS is going to be producing some like little remasters of different things they've had in their past. This first one's going to have two games. It's uh, Phantom Brave and Soul Nomad. And then there's one more thing to give you... To give you an idea, the scale of this show, the one more thing at the end, Blaster Master 03, <laughs> closing out the trilogy, July 29th. How recent are the other two games in that trilogy? Is this like I a played, long time coming? or No, uh, these it's were, been a couple of years since Blaster 2. Blaster Master 2, yeah. I've got it on Switch. Um, I played it for a while, and then, you know, again, like some of these others, it's like I've, I've played a little bit, but I haven't gotten that deep into a lot of these franchises um but yeah that's what i love about this segment blood is i know you know there might potentially be a lot of people out here they're like okay that's neat and like some are glued to the speaker like we were talking about microsoft and all this other stuff aliens like snooze i'm just like wait a minute did he say and wasn't uh be honest wasn't there one thing you didn't even want to write down like you're not even sure how to say that game it was like plus plus something plus plus dash there was a whole lot of punctuation in there yeah Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it, I think you're supposed to just pronounce it like Void Terrarium. But if I pull up the screenshot here. Please do. Uh, it is. Make an effort for this podcast. Come I, on, I post it. Okay, it is. The word void is normal. And then it's T-R-R-L-M. And then like brackets, both like a left and a right bracket. Semicolon, plus, plus. And then... I don't know if this is like just how you pronounce it or if this is also part of the title, but then there's backslash, backslash, void terrarium, plus, plus. I love it. 
three, three, pretty nuts. Three pluses? Just two pluses. What do you, you got a control? I just think it <laughs> Aesthetically, it looks nice with three pluses. It does actually look nice aesthetically. But it's not even lead speak. Like, I thought maybe it's yeah. like, okay, maybe it's just like lead speak, but it doesn't look you're like just, it. You're just not lead enough to know. I'm not lead enough. <laughs> Some bad news coming out of Japan that we touched on last week uh, because there were rumors that it's happening. This still actually hasn't officially happened. There's still just kind of people reporting on it, but um, hmm. Japan Studio has reportedly closed. Um, the vast, quote, vast majority of dev staff has been let go. Um, uh, the Asobi team, the team behind Astrobot, apparently is going to take on some of the developers. Uh, and we've talked about a, l- a couple of these names, but uh, Masaki Yamagawa, who uh, was one of the producers of Bloodborne, Ryu Sogabi, who is the uh, video manager um, at uh, Japan Studio, and Masami Yamamoto, the executive producer at Japan Studio, had already departed. So the writing was kind of on the wall. Um, and uh, I have Sony's official statement here, but I just kind of want to get a gut reaction mostly from the bottom of the screen, mostly from Bloodworth and Damiani, because I don't mean to seem ignorant. This is just not, this is not a studio, you know, this is Knack, Ape Escape, Patapon, Locoroco. These were not franchises that I was very much involved in, just to talk about what specifically we are losing here and, and what the, the uh, how tragic this is. Because uh, I'm seeing, I'm definitely seeing sentiments on social media that are bummed that this is happening. Yeah, is this, so this is also affecting the team that made Gravity Rush, wherever they went on. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm glad Asobi is still around. Um, they they obviously proven themselves. I don't want to read into any more of this until time has gone by. I've seen a The thing is, I, I guess I'm being colored by a lot of what's being said already, which people are saying, oh, is, is, is Sony going to get... Is Sony kind of, like, making a mistake by forsaking its, like, Japanese development and, like, going with a Western-centric focus for the future? And I'm like, is that really what they're doing? Or is this, like, the studio's being closed and maybe they have other plans for, you know, some kind of, like, Japanese development? You know, I don't know. But... <sighs> If you're looking for the gut reaction, it's like, this makes me, this, for me, is not, is terrible because I'm not as interested in a lot of Sony's first party Western stuff. Uh, I'm not like as enthusiastic as about much of it as I was about their Japanese stuff. Um, And if there's going to be less of that, it's like, well, cool. Then I guess PlayStation will be the place where I play Square Enix stuff that's exclusive for a year because like... Sorry, I just play more Japanese Zelda games and Western games, and Sony. It was always Switch, and, and it was always sorry Nintendo and Sony, and they're gonna always have the third party. But like Sony first party stuff that was Japanese developed, I always at least tried out most of that stuff and enjoyed it. And there's gonna be less of that. It's a little unfortunate because that weakens their first party profile, which means in the long run it potentially weakens my reason to have that system. If other things happen, such as like I play everything starts going to PC and or other systems come to parity like nintendo someday decides to play ball and makes a system that's as powerful as the current other current gen systems like well let's play it on my switch or something so switch to whatever it is i know there's, there's a lot the problem is there's a lot of grasping at straws and drawing like conclusions here that are not shouldn't be done yet because we haven't seen how this played out but yeah i'm not too thrilled about this news i, I don't like it um, correction to myself 
because uh, I said this was still, we're still trying to get more news on this. No, Sony has an official statement. Uh, in an effort to further strengthen business operations, SIE can confirm PlayStation Studios Japan Studio will be reorganized into a new organization on April 1st. Japan Studio will be recentered to Team Asobi, the creative team behind Astro's Playroom, allowing the team to focus on a single vision and build on the popularity of Astro's Playroom, which is fun. We'll get more of that. Um, which I think we would have guessed anyway. In addition, the roles of external production, software localization, and IP management of Japan Studio titles will be concentrated within the global functions of PlayStation Studios. Um, so there is some stuff to be excited about here, but yeah, Damiani, it's like, you know, they're buying Insomniac, but then like, you know, reorganizing this. And and certainly, you know, we, you know, they're reporting, you know, after the launch and looking back at 2020, just having absolutely bonkers record years and, and months you know of sales and so much of that is driven by last of us part two spider-man miles morales um so it's hard not to look at this and see that you know guess that trend is happening you know yeah a more western it's, focus. it's not complete and i'm not trying to be completely dismissive either because like i love i love spider-man sure. uh, miles morales and I, I i want to play whatever comes next from insomniac's spider-man entry uh horizon uh, I, <laughs> I actually have not finished the first one, but I'm pretty excited about the second one. I'm probably just going to dive right into the second one and try that out. So it's not like they don't have it, but the more they move away from possibilities of having entries in either frame, like when I like I wanted a Gravity Rush three, and I'm never going to get that. So it's like oh, that's a bummer. So mm-hmm. and. I would just like to see maybe them, you know, they're they're losing out on some like history there if they like axe on that axe all those people. I wasn't I guess it wasn't like they weren't doing anything with those stuff anyway, so maybe it is for the best. But I, I just like I yeah, I just can't I'm sorry, I don't get excited about Last of Us, I don't get excited about God of War. I I, I like it, it's some of their main franchises at Sony I just don't get very excited about and I always like look forward to these other ones. Like I get more excited about Gravity Rush. Gravity Rush Two is announced. It's like, man, this is the most exciting thing I've seen in a long time from Sony, first party. And now I know every time they do a state of play, when they do whatever their E three or big event stuff's gonna be, it's like there's no chance of that type of announcement now. So it takes a little bit out the magic out of Sony for me. Blood, any Sony announcements you're not gonna see now? Any sequels you were looking forward to that? Well, I mean, I've been trying to go over the list, and it's kind of tricky because a lot of the stuff that's in there, you know, Japan Studio was also, like, very much, like, you know, in a, in a way sort of like a publisher and, like, oversight on a right. lot of other different projects, you know, like, bringing up Bloodborne is a perfect example, oh, yeah. or, like, White Knight Chronicles or those kinds of things. So it's kind of hard to separate, like, yeah, they, okay, what did they actually, like, core develop, and what do they work with other people they on? They assisted with uh, Last Guardian, yeah. Days Gone, and Demon Souls, I saw yeah. listed. So. Yeah, and that's the thing, like, Japan Studio is right there on, like, all of the Team Eco stuff, right? Like, that's, you know, that's a part of it, and stuff like Siren. But I think, you know, looking through all of it, like, the the thing that, like, kind of bums me out is it's it seems to be the part of Sony that's a lot more focused on R&D and experimentation and just like really like messing around with new ideas and and sure like a lot of those things don't necessarily sell but they you know they kind of keep the you know the brand fresh they bring new ideas to to people and show show different ways of interacting you know kind of like you know whatever team at nintendo is like doing labo and green lighting the mario kart thing and, right. and all of this stuff you know it's and so it's it's that level of 
you know, fun and experimentation and stuff. And it's like, if it's all just going to, you know, if, if Sony's just going to be funding sure bets, it makes things less exciting. I mean, blood, you basically took the words out of my mouth. Cause my, my understanding of, of this studio was always kind of that they were more like, I don't know if clerical is the right word, but more of the like business side of, of things and like acting more like a publisher. So that's why this news was strange because my first blush reaction was like, okay, is this just like a tax thing? They're just like stopping a thing being called a thing and moving everyone to other, yeah, you know, because like half the time that's the kind of stuff like this is just like we're restructuring so that we don't have to pay taxes in the way we've been paying them you know but it's basically the same you just won't see this logo anymore and or is it i mean it seems like it's a little more than that since several people like left you know but yeah like blood was saying it's unclear to me exactly what they were doing necessarily well i'm gonna change up my expectations every time i get a state of play i'm always hoping for ssx that's the thing i make my little ssx shrine you know, I light the candles and everything. Now, Damiani, I'm going to be hoping that you get surprised. That you will see a little more a little more Japanese developers being honored than Western developers. And then maybe you get, you know, some franchises that you're excited about. For what it's worth. Maybe we can get Huber on board as well. <laughs> also this week, this seems like something that we should talk about for a long time. But man, I'm so exhausted possibly anticipating a new Nintendo Switch coming in 2020-21 or not. Um, apparently, uh, there is a 7-inch, 720p resolution OLED version of the Nintendo Switch with 4K output that is, that's happening. Uh, for reference, the current Switch is 6.2 inches and the light is 5.5 inches and they use a liquid crystal display. Um, an OLED panel will offer higher contrast and possibly faster response time, but, but you know... Rumors, who knows? How many of those are they pumping out? Um, uh, when is My that TV going to happen? When are they going to announce it? Is cool. is Pokemon Legends Arceus looking so terrible because it will run on a, be exclusive to a much faster, better-looking Switch? Who knows? That seems counterintuitive, but yeah, sure. that's, that's, <laughs> see, that's the, yeah, that's the the speculation part's been done to death with what Switch Pro or whatever the heck it's going to be called is going to do. I think the the, the 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 cautionary thing to be careful about is. Thinking it's gonna be this like miracle panacea thing that's like oh everything's gonna look like 4K 60 blah blah like there's absolutely no way that's gonna happen because it's gonna leave if games are optimized for that they'll no way and no chance they'll run on Switch Lite or OG Switch they're not gonna divide the player base um, mm-hmm. if games are optimized now and, and even though oh, well, Pokemon Legends will run on OG Switch but if it looks terrible and garbage it's gonna start to like right. people are gonna start to play Breath of the Wild 2 same thing people are like oh Breath of the Wild 2 is gonna take advantage of this <laughs> every time it comes with Huber Huber's like this has to be on here right taking like 4K <laughs> like well then how is it gonna look on the OG version with all these games that Nintendo is not about that whatsoever in fact Switch is selling so well that I mean, I mean, right. the the part of the rumor said like they are going into manufacturing with this in June. I I just the question for me is more about what is the bump in fidelity going to be? Because uh, I think it's only going to be marginal. These like 4K things. It's like I'll be curious to see how they're doing it if it's even true. But the the screen thing is nice. But like the box, the rumor also says like the the docked mode is where you get 4K, and I'm like. What is this docked 
Fox going to have in it then? Like, what's going on here? That that's what's making it run better compared to like the existing dock. Right. It's there's so many weird things, and Switch Pro rumors have come up forever. I mean, just right. they surface around the same time as Switch Lite. Switch Lite happened to be true. Switch Lite makes way more sense right now. I I, uh, I think like. They just need something that makes games run a little bit better, like like a slightly faster CPU speed, maybe better uh, storage, the read uh, write read write speed, so like loading's a little bit faster because we're all spoiled now by by next gen or now current gen. It's I just don't think it's gonna be this large leap like some people are expecting. I think it's gonna be like 3ds to new 3ds leap, something like right. that. Right. Well, there, that's the precedent. I think the 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 question I have is nintendo is known for is like how much of a headache is it going to be if it's possible possible at all to like migrate Mm -hmm. my stuff from the current switch to the like can i put my damn island on this thing yes like yeah that should be it's already that now exists well but it's a pain like don't you have to like call them up and shit no (laughs) like you have to not anymore okay but uh i also think that there's a system to just like transfer everything as well I remember that a few months ago. But it's yeah. still but largely like, hypothetical still. at this point. And this announcement, if they are getting starting to make them this summer, like this will happen sometime in the year. And, and we can have that extensive conversation then. Um, also waiting to have a long conversation about Elden Ring, which apparently has trailer footage leaked online. If you squint real hard, you can maybe kind of see what it will look like. Um, it does not look good. Uh, I have seen it. We're not going to talk about it because who the hell knows? That's well, not something that the later. game doesn't look good. The footage looks like... It was captured off a 14-year-old cell phone camera. So, Sure. Hard to, yeah, hard to tell if the game... Yeah, it was on iPhone. Who knows? Who knows? I'm not going to have opinions about something that has not been announced and is very hard to look at. Um, but apparently we're going to get an announcement uh, maybe this month. We'll see. Uh, according to LA City Documents, E3 2021 is a canceled live event, which basically means they're not doing it in person, but I was not expecting them to do anyway, so we might still have an event digitally or otherwise. And also, What also E3. means they can't use the space. They can't use any right. of that space to do like presentations or anything like that. So yeah, like, no, they did actually did say that they might use that space for the. Are you sure? That. I thought the web the thing the article said that like that space is not going to be allowed to be used for that, so it means like they can't do a live component from there. So they'd have to come up with a different plan. That's the article I read was lying. I don't know what you what you read. What I read was sounded the, the exact opposite. So I don't know. I mean. Because mm. I don't think like the news of a live like going in person event we knew that wasn't happening. They said they were doing a digital event. I think that the news is about that they're they're being they have more restrictions placed on them now for what they can. Well, do. Well, the news was just they they hadn't officially canceled it, right? They they, the canceled. what was talked about before was a leak, and so the paperwork from the city of LA basically confirmed that like yeah, E3 as a live event is totally canceled. But it okay. sounded to me like the option of using LA Live and the convention center for broadcast uh, is on the table. Okay. And, I don't know what the cancellation know, fee for that is. I don't know if you've ever seen the LA Convention Center without anything in it. It's or the West Hall oh, or the South Hall. Yeah. Very impressive. I say they don't <laughs> build any sets or anything, and you just they, you get like the biggest echo you've ever heard in your entire yeah. life. Oh, I mean, yeah, I still don't understand what they would do from there. Because like yeah, another thing, uh, like I think you're gonna mention a second, but like one you're not gonna mention is also Anime Expo got and officially confirmed they're canceled. Oh. They're also at LA Convention Center. Comic Con was and next they're one I was doing a shoot small out. Yeah. and Comic Con. You said they're doing a smaller thing at a different venue. A lot of these things are doing 
doing digital things with a smaller thing later this year because they cannot use these big convention venues because right. they're being put off limits. So maybe that's what I got confused about was that Comic-Con and, and Anime Expo versus E3. But I assume because like Anime Expo was having limitations put on it with, with LACC that meant E3 was as well. I mean, it was the LA Live facilities that were the ones that were saying no to it or something, not the actual convention center. Sony will allow the PS5 to use expanded SSD storage sometime this summer, which if you could only you could sense the the, the sadness in Bloodworth. Tommy is leaving. When Blood uh, was going to be streaming Call of Duty on our last group stream, and then was like, oh well, still, fine. I'll, still I'll, waiting. It's I'll right delete, here. I'll delete three games off my PS5 to install Call of Duty. Yet. There was an MH sadness. I oh, got good. rid of Destruction All Stars. It's fine. Ooh, you didn't have to. Dude, you didn't have to say the game specifically. Yikes! Uh, Monster Hunter Rise will be coming to PC, but not until 2022. Uh, Ben's like Ben's not happy about that. Oculus approved virtual desktop, which I have to try out to to believe what I'm reading, which lets you stream PC VR games to the Quest. It's like you don't need a cable. Like really? How the heck did this one? <laughs> apparently, this one guy solved it and like threw it up in the store, and then Oculus was like, "You get that out of here." And he was like, "But I made it. It's cool. Got approved." Facebook was like, "You get that out of here." Yeah. Um, DC Comics announced Batman Fortnite Zero Point, <laughs> a six-issue limited series Whoa. that will apparently have Batman Fortnite lore. Take it or leave it. Uh, Terraria is coming to Google Stadia after all. Andrew Spinks was like, all right. It sounds like there, there's just, he was mad at Google, but I guess there's just a lot of people involved in the project. And he's like, okay, I don't want to. You're all, you're all working really hard on this. I don't want to do your work. But uh, I guess Google Stadia finally, Google finally swept in. And we're like, wait, what happened? Sorry. Uh-huh. We'll fix it. Um, Epic Games is going to buy Mediatonic. They have not yet. Uh, specifically, Mediatonic's uh, parent company. And Mediatonic may fall, guys. So Epic Game. Mm-hmm. Yunk. Uh, speaking of yoinks, uh, Zynga already bought Torchlight Studio Ektra Games. Mm. Uh, curious what they're going to do next. Um, Hidden Path Entertainment is hiring for a third-person open-world game set in the D&D franchise. Yes, please. <laughs> Don't know if that's an RPG or more of like an action game or what they're going to be doing, but they just tweeted that. They're just like, hey, uh-huh. we're making this. Come on in. So. Yeah, go get a job there if you can. EA is delaying the next Need for Speed so Criterion can help with Battlefield. <laughs> which is like leaving 2021 racing games very very thin <laughs> because Gran Turismo just got delayed ain't no way that Forza Motorsport is coming out this year Playground Games is making Fable right so yeah. like <laughs> See ya. And, and Codemasters just put out Dirt 5 and they'll probably put out F1 this year but it doesn't sound like I think like from that statement, EA basically said that Codemasters' next racing game, you know, would be 2022. So, like, okay. For franchises that focus on speed, these games sure take a long time to develop. Blood, long, long time. Uh, Nacon has accused Frogwares of quote sabotaging our investments in the Sinking City. I don't want to get into it this week because it's still a developing story and it's all sorts of legal stuff, which is very confusing, and we tend to report very poorly on the Easy Allies podcast. But damn it, this is fascinating what is going on and i can't help but like lean a little towards frogwares because they were the first people that reported it they were like sinking city is something that we very much believe in we've also worked on other franchises that are you know kind of getting the the short end of the stick in terms of being available and we're not getting the you know the the money that we should be getting um but 
their publisher differs. They they are both taking definitely different stances on this whole legal battle. And well, not uh, to mention the weirdly it was up on Steam and Frog Wars like don't changing buy it. <laughs> their name in the middle of all this too. Like it's like okay. yeah. So um, I am very curious, much more curious about this legal battle than the Epic uh, Apple legal battle, which I. Um, that's still going on. That's uh, kind of. Oh still. yeah. I stopped caring about that. <laughs> there was something where Epic had to hand out V bucks. <laughs> they were like, there was like, it's like it's not often you hear about a a a, a court claim ending with a virtual currency being distributed. But uh, that's what's fun about video game news. Uh, PlayStation will end movie and TV purchases and rentals on the PlayStation Four and PlayStation Five as of August thirty first. So you still got a while to rent or buy those if you. That's a thing that you do, and you can still access all of the stuff that you've already purchased, but you will not be able to buy. I would uh, be new glad to not see that stuff on the store. I'm not really interested in getting them that way. <laughs> um, and this burns. Uh, EA has reportedly canceled Gaia, which was like the only thing Motive Studios was making. Um, uh, Jade <laughs> Raymond came on, was like, "Hey, Motive, let's do it." And then Jade was like, "Bye." And then Motive hadn't like announced that they were doing anything. Apparently, this has been in development for five, six years. Um, and they haven't officially said it's been canceled, but they haven't announced it either. And this was a thing in the last EA play that they were like, next gen's real exciting, y'all. We're, we're looking at all the next gen stuff we were doing. And this was just like some guy with a gun doing backflips in like a big empty city. That's not happening, apparently, whatever that was going to be. Codenamed Gaia. Um, and as we mentioned previously, Gaia. Guilty Gear Strive has uh, been delayed to June 11th, uh, but from April 9th. So that's not too bad of a delay. Actually, it's really encouraging hmm. because you know it's had a great demo it so. shows that their 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 beta was a real beta you yeah know, and they got feedback from everybody and like okay we got stuff to work on it's gonna take a little longer than we thought we're gonna push the date back <laughs> rather than name is that? it's real beta guilty your strive yeah oh, okay i was thinking about don's poem <laughs> gaia it is now time for love and respect Love and respect. From Rahul Misal. Hey, allies. I recently realized that uh, while I've beaten Breath of the Wild 3 separate times... Uh, oh. oh, sorry. Breath of the Wild 3 separate times. And I'm currently replaying Control. I've never actually replayed any game with New Game Plus. Something about starting from scratch appeals to me, I guess. That being said, what features would you like to add to those types of modes in the future? I feel like they've all just been starting up with your gear for a while now. Love and respect, Rahul. I love New Game Plus. I like New Game Plus a lot. Unless I don't care to play the game. Last of Us Part Two had it, but when I was done with Last of Us Part Two, I was like, I'm okay. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> that, that was emo emotionally gut-punching every 30 minutes. I'm, I don't need to replay that immediately. Um, um, I'm sure it's probably not the first game to ever do it, but the first kind of game I'd ever heard of having New Game Plus was Chrono Trigger. And like right. that game is just brilliantly designed around the idea of New Game Plus. Because not only did you carry along your experience and your gear, but through the time portals, you could go and beat the game at any point in the storyline. And, and so then that's how you have like 13 different endings to that game. Because it's like, oh, well, this loose end didn't get tied up. So now everybody's going to be reptites. <laughs> like, oh, this thing happened. And so now, you know this person's going to marry that person because you uh, didn't finish that story arc. So it's just, it was a really, really cool uh, way of using New Game Plus that I I don't think very many games have done since then. Hmm. Well, near yeah, Automata 
kind of doesn't count. No, but, <laughs> but, it doesn't. but it it kind of does, but it kind of doesn't cuz like the first new game plus is like kind of new game plusy and then like pretty pretty quick you realize like oh no, I'm just still playing this game. But um I mean the Souls games come to my mind cuz when do they not? But like they do they do a nice thing where like the difficulty ramps up, you have all your stuff, but then like things change sometimes too like there are new enemies and and stuff like that yeah dark souls um, 2 in particular had a lot of new enemies. dark souls 2 kind of really went bonkers with it. I, th- I believe there are some enemies that you don't see at all until new game plus yeah. there are certainly lots of items that you don't get until new game plus um dark souls 2 had an interesting mechanic where you can basically raise an area to new game plus at any time so like you could have your shrouded woods or whatever be in new game plus plus if you wanted to uh in your first playthrough it just gets harder like i did that to fight a different boss and get a different weapon at the end of um or i don't know if it's a different boss but you get a different weapon if you fight the um one of the bosses in in a new game plus so i actually raised it up in my first playthrough because i wanted that sword the chaos blade or whatever yeah those are you were telling me all about those ones that we never got to we didn't try out with dark souls 3 specifically but yeah. a lot of the man i think and even though it wasn't called new game plus i mean i, I have to realize how old it like the concept the practice actually was technically super mario brothers has it because once you beat the game uh goombas are replaced uh they're no longer goombas they're the the spiny be- the beetles oh right yeah, yeah so they're, they're, the enemies move faster uh, but you carry over your lives, so like there is a a a, a, a hint of that. Uh, Zelda two had it. Uh, Zelda two had it, uh, where you carry over some of your stuff from like the first game. But I think the best ones is like Zelda one. When you beat the game, you, like they rearrange where, like the dungeon locations and what are in the dungeons, and, and it, it introduces new enemies, new tricks, new items, or not new items, but new tricks. New types of puzzles that were not present in the original game, right. which is like as you're talking about Dark Souls 2, I'm like, ah, oh, that sounds like Zelda when they did Second Quest. I was like, I think, <laughs> I think the FromSoft are pretty big Zelda fans. I can uh, old school Zelda I fans. So. I can tell. I think so. Yeah, uh, yeah there I were no. The, I'm sorry, I love the battle of the fandoms. Ian's like, I'll introduce my fandom and talking about New Game Plus, and Damiani's like, I see your fandom and trumpet with my fandom. Oh, it's like, yeah. I mean, I know you're joking, but like, like Zelda went in a completely different direction where it no longer embraces that. It kind of shies away from it, whereas like FromSoft picked up the mantle. It's like no, it, it's like the spirit, but it's like not this literally the same right. thing. And I, I kind of well, appreciate that a lot. With, especially with the rumors of the open field design concept of Elden Ring, which is basically Zelda One. Like, right? <laughs> you yeah. can go anywhere in any order, but it's they're branches off of a field. Were you saying blood? Sorry. Oh, uh, I was just saying that I don't think that. Uh, you you don't get any dungeons that have like the false walls until the second quest, right? That you can just walk through. Yeah, walk through walls are only present. Uh, the the colored bubble enemies, the ones that take away. So in the first quest, they temporarily disable your sword, but in the second quest, if you hit the red ones, you cannot use your sword again until you hit a blue one, and they're not never in the same room, or almost never in the same room. So you get like find like a different room usually. Uh, like there's Staphos that shoot laser swords at you in that one. There's the glowing snakes the glowing rope variations of those so they they do add like yeah they had a few cool curveballs in that which is kind of nice the uh the twist on new game plus that i wish more people did but not too much because then it wouldn't be special but the kind of like 
fake second half or like the the fake out second sure. half of a game kind of like symphony of the night or D- dragon's dogma kind of stuff love that i would yeah i would love it if uh games had it's kind of akin to like if you're doing a quest and you do it before you meet the quest giver and the quest giver's like all right mm-hmm. i need you to go into this thing to get a tablet and you're like this tablet and they're like oh thanks great you know it's like i love when love games that. account for like whatever order you do things and it'd be fun if new game plus accounted for your skill you know like if you killed a boss super fast like npcs would be like whoa <laughs> you know or like or like if there was some point in the game where you were like supposed to lose to a boss because of plot or if you were supposed to run from something mm-hmm. and the new game plus you're like nah man I, you know, i'm all decked out i can take this guy right now and you killed them earlier in the game somehow had to account for that that would be very fun you're uh, describing the FromSoft game <laughs> kind of well i know ghost of tsushima has a new game plus and there's like a uh, the, uh, the con villain you fight him and you're like supposed to just get worked and i'm like i wonder if you go back with your armor and stuff is that fight like still possible or are you just like all right i'm supposed to lose i should just give up or i don't know yeah haven't tried it out from annie schreiner let's play a game a few weeks ago during Release Me, you were mentioned, or press Release Me, sorry. You put Release Me in quotes, though. You mentioned the Konami store. Something that was funny about this was on the designs for the Dance Dance Revolution merchandise, they got the order of the target arrows incorrect. Sold as up, left, right, down. In the game, it's left, down, up, right. It's since been corrected. Because Whoa. I'm an avid DDR player, and I thought it was hilarious, I came up with the game. I'm going to list ten songs, and I need you to tell me if it was brought to DDR, Sung in one of the 50 plus Kids Bops albums, or both. <laughs> kids Bop, sorry, just oh this one Z, God. the Kids Bop. Thanks kids for all you do, bops. love and respect. I don't expect any of you to get this, but I respect Andy and his DDR knowledge. I wanted to put this in. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Was this in DDR or Kids Bop or both? Toxic from Britney Spears. Jeez. Both. Kids, kids Bop. Kids Bop? Just Kids Bop? DDR does want Toxic? Just Kids Bop. I guess. It's a big song. I was in both, baby. That was in Kids Bop oh. 6 and DDR Supernova Arcade. Oh, wow. Too Close from Alex Clare. No idea. DDR. No idea. DDR of Kids uh. Bop 23. Come on, Ian. Uh, Come hey, on, they didn't three. even guess. <laughs> the rock part, the party rock anthem from LMFAO. Uh, come on. Both. That's Please Kids just Bop. be Kids Bop, please. That was also in DDR A20 Arcade. No. Uh, They're the newer ones. I have no idea about But it, of course, all. was in Kids Bop 21. How do you do a DDR retro? That was always one retro I wanted to do, especially with Chris Wynn, because he's a big DDR fan back at GT. We drove to an arcade three hours away. You need somebody with a lot of freaking arcade cabinets is what you need. Right. Yeah. Live in La Vida Loca by Ricky Martin, of course. That has to be in both. Feels like it's probably only in DDR. Kids Bop. I'd say Kids Bop for sure. It is in Kids Bop. Kids Bop 1. Oh. That's where I got faked out because I was thinking it was too old. It does exist with full charting in the data for DDR 4th Mix Arcade, but is not playable. So it may have been intended for release, but licensing issues may have prevented that from doing so. Andy doing the homework. Uh, Do we count it as both then? Uh, ne- technically not. You cannot play it in DDR, so technically it's not in there. Dang. But you were you were correct in thinking that it would be. Kids Bop won, though. Poof, memories. Uh, <laughs> I believe in a thing called love from the darkness. <laughs> Come oh. on. No. 
both. Both. <laughs> both. But Kids Pop, I believe it a thing called Love. Or, nah, it's just, or just DDR. Just DDR Fusion 2 for PS2, specifically the European release. Oh my <laughs> god. Specifics, wow. man. Okay. How are you going to get Whatever any of these? Class here. <laughs> uh, the classic Baby from Justin Bieber. What? <laughs> Certainly Kids Pop. Kids Definitely Bob. Kids Pop. I have my uh, doubts on DDR. Let's say sure, DDR2, uh, both of them. Yeah, Bieber's ready for both. That was in Kids Bop 18 and DDR2, Roman numeral 2 for the Wii. Whoa. Wow. For the Wii. Yeah. Only for the Wii. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bad Romance from Lady Gaga. Oh, please be in both. Uh, Gotta be in both. I'm sure that's in Kids Kids Bop. Just Kids Bop? I'm sure I've seen that Uh, ad. uh, Probably just... uh, Wait, just DDR? Gaga's in probably Kids Bop somewhere, but not Bad Romance. That's just DDR for PS3. Uh, Wow. Wow. Watch me from Salento. DDR. That was just in Kids Bop 30. Damn. Uh, Dance, dance from Fallout Boy. Dance, dance. Both. Let's go. Probably both. Hopefully both. I'm going to say Kids Bop. Another fascinating story. It was in DDR Supernova on PS2. Kids Bop did try to get it. But Fallout Boy bassist Pete Wentz prevented them from licensing it due to its lyrical content. Pete Wentz wow. stepped in and said, nope, get out of here, kids. Uh, and finally, Shut Up and Dance from Walk the Moon. Both. Both. Chris kids loves Bob. that song. Both. Kids Bob 29 yeah. and DDRA Arcade. Thank you, Andy. Fascinating. That was fun. I will, of course, keeping score. And Ian, no, no nobody I don't know who won that. <clears throat> From Michael Rebelato. I got at least one right. You did. From Michael Rebelato. Hey, Ian, I hear you talk about the show called Seedlings or something that you pitched to Viacom. I swear I've heard it brought up many times on various podcasts, but I have no context. Can you explain the story behind this show or any other important info? I think once you once you mentioned you saw the exact same storyline appear in another TV show later down the road. Um, yeah, so we made it at, well, uh, Justin and Jelmo, John Finger, and I created this show while we were working at Game Trailers. Uh, well, we thought of it not on the premises, Viacom. But um, it's a YouTube show. Seasons 1 and 2 are available right now. You can watch them. They're great, in my opinion. Uh, I get messages maybe weekly about if it's going to continue because we left it on quite a, quite a cliffhanger. Um, the reason it hasn't continued is we pitched it to Netflix, got a development deal from Netflix, um, and then... Long story short, very long story short, they passed on it. Like, they, they invested some money and, and then they passed on it um, because it. I guess they wanted something a little more like Minecraft, I guess. And we had made it less like Minecraft because um, we wanted it to be kind of its own IP. Um, yeah, I would love to someday do it. Myself and Justin and John are all incredibly busy, always. So it's been really hard to figure it out. But we did plan out the story. We have, we know the season three. It was going to be three seasons. We know exactly what is going to happen. I know how it ends. We've known it since before we even started making it. The ending is really good. Um, Didn't Seedlings I have hack it. voice actor AJ Lacasio in it? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, main main voice actor is AJ Locasio, oh who's whose career is very well. whose career is just tanking, man. Tanking. Right now. <laughs> he's uh he's he's doing very well for himself. He's some some throwaway Gremlins flick or something, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's the new he's the main voice guy of, uh, Gizmo. Gremlins. Yeah, yeah. Gizmo. He's in uh, Lotor and what you call it. Um, 
What but is yeah, that but the, the fact yeah, is that Seedlings was Voltron. absolutely viral and gigantic while it was on the Game Trailers app of all things. Oh my goodness. The Game Trailers Xbox app, we had millions of views. Yeah. Um, it was it was a big deal. I and mean, not like, Fiasco Nuts Latvia levels, but still. Right. A lot of people tuning right. in. Right. We, yeah, we, it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, I love Seedlings and I want to finish it. I want to, what I would love to do is like make a game and then do that and then have the show out of the game or something but i mean i don't know seedlings dungeons i can see it now yeah. <laughs> uh this is a fun one to have with uh, damiani on the podcast from matthew kaufman as of december 2020 nintendo reportedly had 11.2 billion dollars cash on hand making it the richest company in Japan. Below is a list of publicly traded entertainment companies that Nintendo could theoretically afford, along with their current market capitalization. My question is, should Nintendo buy them? All right, here we go. Sega Sammy Holdings. Uh, this encompasses video games, pachinko, and resort hotels at 3.8 bill. Just 3.8 bill. Less than a star Should Nintendo War. buy Sega? But that's the thing. When you get into all the other stuff that they yeah. have it's like what's there's no appeal to that unless they're going to yeah. split the company somehow the th- well i mean they did sega sammy did split off the console gaming and pc gaming into its own division now or its own like separate company um people thought that that was in preparation for microsoft potentially buying them but they i don't think it makes sense for nintendo to buy sega sammy but if they could buy whatever the heck that new company is called that has to Sega console and PC stuff, then yeah, that would make sense. Save some cash there. Six Flags Entertainment. Wait, wait. Oh wait. If they if they if Nintendo bought it, I want them to to at least tweet something snarky about like Nintendo do. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> Nintendo, Nintendo, Nintendo did. did. <laughs> Nintendo did. <laughs> Sega don't what Nintendo oh, did. Oh no. That's perfect. Like Excellent. That's perfect. Excellent. Uh, Six Flags, 15 amusement parks, 18 water parks, 4.1 bill. No. What are they going to do with that? They are doing amusement parks now. They could make them all Nintendo. I didn't put it also this week, but apparently the Orlando version yeah. is coming out like 2025 Got or something. Like, yeah. Woof. I don't think Six Flags is even doing that well. So, like, no. Like, not yeah. a good can't time. can't be right now. Not a good time to get into theme parks. They can't be. Uh, Capcom, just the video games. Uh, it's only 6.6 oh, 6 bill. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't oh. need it. I don't they, know. I'm they, not they interested in people Monster getting bought out, honestly. <laughs> that, I don't I don't want Nintendo like in their weird control ethos <laughs> to like mess up Capcom right now. Capcom's doing great right now. Sure. Yeah, it would disappoint a lot of people. Like you wouldn't get high end Resident Evil anymore unless right. that four K switch is true. But I mean Monster Hunter alone, they'd want it for that. They could that, yeah, on that's it. True. World Wrestling Entertainment, television, film, and music production, 4.1 bill. <laughs> that would be so funny. Man, once upon a time, it would have been an absolute yes. <laughs> Talking about they costumes, like, they, man. They, they leave video games just to do wrestling forever. They announced, after the GameCube was a low point for them, they announced, we're going into wrestling. It's like that old Smash Brothers commercial where like they're just beating the crap out of each other in the park. Right. But like... Yeah. We get to watch that every month. That'd yeah, be so Nintendo great. Wrestling. Like Nintendo cares. Re- re- exactly. There you go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Perfect. I'm just picturing two like muscle bound dudes dressed as Mario and Luigi, just like wailing on each other. Yeah. So wrestlers have played Mario before. Uh, Konami Holdings, uh, video games, casino gambling, and health clubs. Eight point six bill. 
Someone more expensive. Just, ooh, that's pricey. Eight point six. Uh, I was gonna say someone needs to buy. <laughs> Sony needs to. Yeah, somebody. It's a buyout. Yeah. That one doesn't make as much sense, I think. Right. Just buy, I wonder if they could just buy the game, the gaming division. Right. Because Konami doesn't want it. Konami seems to not want it. <laughs> this is an odd one. Sony'd be a better fit for that. Because they did just open that I mean, store. Yeah, I, I guess. know Sony has the money, but like it probably. Yeah, they love merchandising. Konami's IPs would make the most sense with like Capcom. Yeah, that's ooh, that's interesting. Lionsgate Entertainment, film and television <laughs> production, and the Stars Network, six point five. Time to uh, see that. See how much money that Sonic, you know, all those reviews for the Sonic movie, hey, Sonic sequels on the way. Hey, yeah. that Mario movie with Universal, <laughs> movies, man. man, give us a Star Fox a movie, man. F Zero movie. The Star old Fox Super Mario movie, I defend. Movie. Hey, the old Super Mario movie is a great comedy classic. I defend that movie. It's Everybody hates on it. Good. I think it's weird and great. It's, yeah, I'm not. I'm not being facetious here. I'm being serious. It's like it actually. Any person I sit down and watch it with, like, like, wow, that was like not what I expected from Mario. But man, I had a good time watching. I'm like, see, it's see? a fun movie to watch. Trust the fungus, Mario. Trust the fungus. And <laughs> I don't know about Lionsgate. Yeah, Lionsgate's a weird one. Yeah. Nintendo's not a good fit for them. And for only six point nine billion, you can own Square Enix. Video games and comics. Oh man, just for the salt, yes. That would be pretty weird. <laughs> just love Sony didn't. Square would not be happy with that though. And I mean, they would not be happy. Alright. Sounds like Capcom's the the win. Yeah, what Capcom would probably buy. be like the one they just have to like Well I thought no, Sega was the one. Sorry, Sega, Sega. if they could buy the game stuff. Right. Yeah. Or yeah, would have yeah. this new division, correct. <clears throat> but even there, there's like a franchise or two that I think people would be a little annoyed that it's no longer like available on a higher end gaming platform. Like Total War would not make oh, sense. Oh yeah, on the European Sega yeah. stuff for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And the Atlas stuff. Oh gosh, yeah, that would make. I mean, Atlas stuff would make perfect sense on Switch, and think people would actually be thrilled about that. But there'd be a few salty fanboys. Well, yeah, I mean, they're having such success on PC right now. Yeah. yeah. Do they own Creative Assembly? Who owns Creative Assembly? Yeah. Yeah. It is time for bets. Next week's bet, Watch Dogs Legion Online launches on March 9th, which I have played but will not be on that group stream because I will be uh, talking about Batman Arkham Asylum, which is my little pitch because I don't get to make one in this episode. With uh, min <laughs> video you can watch with MinMax. Right before we record this podcast, not during, right before, because I don't want to take up a lot of time searching for this information, I will look and I'm curious what will be the gap on March 11th, before we record the podcast, on Twitch.tv, between the viewer gap, between Watchdog Legions Online and Grand Theft Auto Online. What's that gap going to be, Ian Hank? 315,000. Okay, okay. Michael Damiani. I said... Sorry, close for a second. 400,000. Okay, okay. Daniel Bloodworth. Dang it. I also said 400,000. <gasps> Should have put some extra weird number in there. Oh, I don't know. That could work out well for us. I went, I went kind of low. 20, 220K. Ooh, we got the low. I got the low. Um, last week's bet, Maquette launched uh, a couple days ago. PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. Check out the review from Daniel Bloodworth. Yeah, I got to play that. I wanted to know how long that launch trailer would be. Ben Moore bet 1 minute 20 seconds. Ian Hink bet 1 minute 12 seconds. Daniel Bloodworth bet 1 minute 6 seconds. And I went high with 1 minute 21 seconds. There wasn't a launch trailer. <laughs> Wait, really? Low, yeah, lowest score wins. 1 minute and 6 seconds. Now, 
I, I want to back this bet up because this is rare. And I wonder if it's because we had the state of play and we had all these PlayStation VR announcements. I wonder if they just kind of weren't, you know, there was not necessarily the focus. Um, this is odd. Every time that we've done the launch trailer bet so far in the Easy Eyes podcast, at least in my tenure, uh, there has been one. Uh, recent games that got launch trailers, we were here together, After Party, No Straight Roads, Astroneer, Pacer, Worms Rumble. Uh, obviously, Yakuza Like a Dragon just got one because it's now on PlayStation 5. Um, so, I, and plus I bet high, so clearly I thought it was going to happen. Um, but, uh, Maquette did not get one, so low score wins. Daniel Bloodworth. Yeah, the cast announced trailer is the last one they had. I know. Ooh. Maybe that was Weird. enough. Once he put Bryce Dallas Howard on the board, you know, what else, what, what else needs to be said? That brings our scores to Jovial Penguin 7. We're going to dismantle his Batmobile and turn it into an H-bomb on wheels. <laughs> That's a better one. Damian doesn't even make sounds say? now. Damian doesn't even make Greetings, sounds now. Greetings, Batman. Oh, jeez. You have taken the bait as I knew you would. Now prepare to meet your end within my Avery of Doom. <laughs> <laughs> Avery. I'd just like to point out that there also was an animated series that the Penguin That's... was on, and he was in several comic books, if you want to, I don't know. It's broad hey, when we run out, he's That's got so many good lines That's in what return. I just, I just quoted from Batman, almost got him. Ah. Yeah. Vociferous Beavers 3. I'm not even on this team blood. I'm sorry. I'm not even. It's March already. And I haven't. I haven't. <laughs> zero contributions towards the board here. Uh, shout out to blood for getting all them wins. Also shout out to everybody currently supporting Easy Allies on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Easy Allies. Hey, fun Patreon pitch. Uh, last week I talked about the Cup of Jones that I do every Monday. And this we had a little love and respect Cup of Jones crossover. Mr. Brandon K. Gann, who is uh, um, very active in all of our shows, specifically the, the Q&A components of uh, submitting stuff, fun games, and, and questions for us to to answer, uh, is a regular on Cup of Jones. He is, Alexander Zirianov is to the Q&A what Brandon K. Gann is to Cup of Jones. He is number one <laughs> on that list every single time. He did a humongous, crazy breakdown of our reviews over the last uh, five years. Where Easy Allies is almost five years old. We just passed our 300th review mark, uh, and he gave us a lot of uh, fun information. Way too much information to go through on the podcast, um, but I thought it would be good to talk about, to celebrate that 300th um, review that went up persona five strikers by the way and uh to talk about a lot of those fun stats so all of that stuff is exclusive to patreon in that episode is the my editorial for that episode it's about 40 minutes in um so if you want to uh, listen to that stuff and other like-minded editorials every now and then i do a, a fun personal one but a lot of times i talk about specific business stuff expound more on stuff that we are doing uh and march is gonna be a fun month because we got our anniversary coming up at the end of the month we have some fun events and some fun announcements to make um check out patreon.com slash easy allies and get that exclusive stuff wandavision spoiler mode this weekend so yeah uh, fun exclusives coming up uh specifically oh my goodness i didn't even go get i can go into slack and get them uh we have our shout out tier um oh and of course slack so just gave the me bottom of easy that's how I get it. Oh, there we go. Fast. Uh, we have a shout out tier. It is our very top tier at patreon.com slash easy allies. And we deeply appreciate and love everybody that is on that tier so much so that I wanted to go here to make sure I'm getting all of these names right. You recognize a lot of these. We got a new one in there, though. Ian, you're going first. I'm going after you. Blood, you're going after me. And Damiani, you are going last. Shout out to Caleb Togi Crawford, Greg the Dark Knight Kettering, L. Fanis, Stephen Thomason, Edsgar Senpai Black Clover and Nick. Shout, Shout out. out. Shout out. Shout out.
Daniel Bloodworth. You've completely won this podcast. And you get to do stuff. You get to promote any Easy Alex video you'd like to promote. You get the final word on anything you disagreed with, want to reiterate, or just popped in your head. And you get to sign off with your trademark sign off. Um, I will promote a video that is not really even our video, but it's the new Hitman trailer. Yeah. Uh, we get a little shout out for something that uh, Brandon and Ian and Huber are working on those uh, contracts. Um, they're gonna be like they're going out quick. Like yeah. as soon as you get them done, they're gonna post them. Basically, yeah. yeah. I'm kind of stressed about it. Right. Yeah. Um, some Hitman tonight. But yeah, definitely. Thank you guys for working on that stuff. Um, for final word, uh, I'll just, you know, Sony. I don't know what you're doing over there with that reorganization, Japan Studio. Keep as many good people as you can. Do as many crazy things as you can. Don't don't lose. Uh, the innovation and we will see you before the next blood moon rises alexa tell xbox to do this i'm like okay oh yeah